Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Georges Genty, and you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Pop Culture Con 2020. My name is James. Is that how you start this? <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Of. I mean, oh. it's been a while. You, you don't have confidence. You need to. Here. Okay. I'm going to be a director for a minute. Okay? No, 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 James. No. I want you to believe that you host this show. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's also scrolling through his phone while he's like doing well, the intro. I have a really important problem in front of me, which is I got to figure out. My phone's full, and I gotta figure out which apps to delete so I can install Disney Plus. Mm. Okay, I'll put it down. I'll put it down. That's we'll an important. You want me to try it again? You want me to try it again? Subject. No, no, no. I think you'll be good. But um, just if I ask you to come in for some ADR on this episode, just okay. know that it's your your own fault. So you, you had your chance. Every week we go see a movie, and then we podcast our experience to the world. This week we went and saw Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, some of us went and saw it weeks ago. So this is kind of like a. You know, I think we're catching I'm, up. This I, is a catch-up episode. I think I'm the last one in the bunch to watch it because um, I was gone <laughs> filming when it came out. Right. It's part of why I'm even here is like, oh, man, it took long enough for us to do an episode about this that I even got to see the movie. Uh, I know. Which like, Holy crap. I'm thankful we get to talk about this film. But that Absolutely. comes after yeah. uh, a lot of other stuff. So uh, I am your host, James, for mm-hmm. the week. Um, Brian is not here, but I am joined as sometimes by... Zach. And... Brad. Both of whom are here way out more often than I am. Mm. Uh, I used to be on this show, if you're new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a founding Brad, member of the group. <laughs> Brad and I were talking about this last week. Or no. Uh, yeah, yeah, last Friday um, when we decided to do this uh, on, t- on to record on Tuesday night. Yep. And he was looking it up. So I was on the film Splosion recently. And then the last time I was on a real episode before this was the pre-recorded episode uh, for our 400th episode. Um, wow, really? Right. Which, Jesus. Which May. means that the last time I was on was actually not the last time I was on yeah. because I wasn't actually around and, we, and that was a pre-recorded episode. Well, yeah. a lot has <laughs> changed in your life to this point. Yeah. I mean, like, John Wick 3 was your last like non... Like just right. regular episodes. Yeah. Oh, no, no, before Spider-Man. That's right. I'm forgetting about that. I was on for Spider-Man yeah. before oh, that. Yeah. So there was one. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Anyway. Still, um, that's... But I it's good to be back. We did it without Ryan, and it yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's been busy. I've been to the country of Colombia since the last time I was on the show. What are you doing down there? Uh, just, Something uh, snorty related? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're actually really good people down there. I'm sure they're they are. Really yeah, wonderful no, I'm people. just thinking, but very, only very in the city. Joke. If you leave the city, it's nothing but cocaine. Mm, okay, it's a wonderful place. Gotcha. Yeah, I made a. It's cal- like it's like at the end of uh, Man on Fire, where it pops up <laughs> to Mexico, a very special place. <laughs> 
<laughs> Columbia is a very special place. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm sure it I is. Really I mean, it. I made a callous joke. I made a callous joke last week yeah, about Spartacus you, blood you, and sand too. So, uh, wow, I, did I Ryan owe, kill you? No, no, no. But Was, I, I owe, I, I owe the, I owe the family of the original uh, oh. actor an apology for like casually mentioning his death as. Uh, a detriment, but like you know, that he was wasn't thinking. Yeah. I, I was. I, I mean, was, the guy who came on later was good too. Yeah, no, no, it showed it its best. Again, I made a I made yeah. a callous joke, and it was you rude. callous motherfucker. That's what I always. Yeah, say. I know. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm just terrible. But. Speaking of callous, yeah. uh, this week we went and saw a movie about Nazis. So later on, we will uh, we'll talk about whether or not you should see that movie. Yeah, then we'll play the trailer, and then we'll talk more about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say. This is a movie that if you're going to see it, you should see it and not hear us talk about it mm-hmm. because we're going to eventually get into spoilers. But we'll warn you before we get there. Um, but it's going to be very hard because this movie's great. <laughs> but before we get to the movie review, we're going to talk about uh, movie news and Blu-rays are coming out and uh, what's going on around town and whatever other shit we usually talk about that I don't remember. Oh, uh, the, um, the Jack Benny News Hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an hour Dear dedicated God. to Jack has, Benny News. Has, ha, in my absence, has it become an hour of Jack Benny? Oh, yes, it has. Dear God. Yes, it has. You, you need to listen to the show. Brad, I can't, <laughs> I can't reach the volume control from here. <laughs> just unplug just the board. Shut, yeah, it, just shut it down. Yeah, see, James, this is what happens when you don't come on every week is I get control of the board. <laughs> Brett, 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 when did you stop actually uploading the podcast because it was so bad? <laughs> how long How long has it been that all this shit, that this is just, it's like Creed in the Stitcher, office. Stitcher's already dropped our feed. <laughs> yeah, it's like Creed in the office where we just get together and record random shit that comes out of Zach's mouth and then we put it nowhere on the internet. <laughs> Wait, I get it on a feed. Are you saying that the feed's only meant for it's me? It's only for you. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, it feels like the Truman Show. This is fucking weird. Like, I, I have gotta, news, Zach. Hey, My it, mom doesn't it, listen anymore. If I... It, oh, <laughs> that sucks. Well, I'm going to go what escape... Did it? I'm going to have to... I'm <laughs> no, gonna, she does. She does. I'm going to escape the bubble, but in case I don't see you, good night, good evening, and good luck. I don't remember that fucking line. Get fucked. I know. I uh, love Truman Show, though. Anyway, let's start off, uh, Brad, with what's going on uh, around town. Uh, let's go to the Esquire, where their midnight this week is Easy Rider. Have um, you guys ever seen that movie? I've not I seen have. it. It's a, it's, it I if, watched that movie with my parents. Mm-hmm. So when you get to like the the druggy orgy in the middle, it's super awkward. Yeah, and my mom's always like, "It's not an orgy." I'm like, "There's it's an orgy." More than three people in a in like a graveyard having sex to weird music. Yeah, it's an orgy, or or, or at least a menage a trois. No, it, didn't it, it more, at the minimum. No, no, no. It's more than three people and then they change an or- partners. Yeah, it's an orgy. Yeah, it's like, totally an orgy. I don't know. It's been a long ass time since I've seen Easy Rider. Or as no. as Danny would, DeVito would say it, orgy. <laughs> uh, cool. If, if you haven't rewatched it, it may be worth a rewatch. Not, I don't. I I haven't done it myself, so maybe I'll do that this week and report back next week. But yeah, it's one of those movies that like. I I I get I get it I get it, mm. but it's not the seventies anymore. I have a hard time watching it. At, at, like it. That vanishing point. Yeah, well, vanishing point's great. Vanishing um, point is not great. No, it is pretty great. Vanishing a, point's it, really boring and pointless. It's a pretty wonderful car movie with Cleavon Little, but um, Easy Rider though. It, out of the American New Wave, it's the one I've watched the least. Like mm. I, I've only seen it twice. As, yeah. Whereas like The Godfather, I've seen like multiple times, or Taxi sure. Driver, and everything like that. So. Yeah, those are movies with a story. Brad, don't 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 go to midnight at the Esquire. 
I'll probably skip this week. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying Dennis Hopper couldn't write a script? Yeah. What yeah. else is there, Brad? Uh, nothing else. I just want to thank everyone who came out to the Jean Claude Van Damme, Dan Van Fifth Anniversary screening on Sunday. That was yeah. really cool. Um, Zach. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't call you up. Yeah. Because both of you uh, were in that segment. It's and, okay. Uh, I just sat there like the guy in the background, going like, "Hey, I know I was there." And then I walked off like a badass, put on some sunglasses, and <laughs> but, uh, like, my cool. work can never be known. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it isn't was... he who had all the posters and stuff hung up? That looked awesome. I, yeah. I yeah. I'll tell you that documentary is fucking awesome. Is I it really like? Yeah, I like it. You know, we were talking a little bit on the way home, but um, yeah, I wish I had interviews in it. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just like my daily video with. Well, see, here's the thing: we were talking scenes. We talked about that, and then when I thought about it later on after you dropped me off, I was like. No, I didn't need it. Like, it's kind of like a raw unfolding of the film itself. Like, it's telling the journey itself. Like, please take this as the compliment that it's intended. It reminds me of the Rob Zombie documentaries that uh, that are the bonus features (sighs) on his. What a dick. Man, that's (laughs) mean. Those documentaries are really good. Like, they're four hours of the production of the film unfolding, and and they're very interesting and unique to watch. Damn it. I was trying to make Director and the Jedi, but for Van Damme. Oh, um, oh, well, that's that's good. Well, that had, that would have been a very nice <laughs> thing for Zach to have said. Yeah, I know. If only I had remembered. Um, <laughs> I, I I I rewatched Last Jedi a lot, but I have not rewatched that Blu-ray disc in you a should. while. So uh, yeah, that documentary is great. Yeah, if you want to feel like a Hollywood director, that's the one to go to. Yeah, man, it's so good. Yeah, you know if you want to feel like you're awesome, out of your element, Johnson. Yep. Uh, I don't I know. know if you know this. He's got a movie person. He exists. It's coming. I know. I shook his hand. My, Wait, it, what? I have a oh yeah yeah when when when, it, when Zach and I met him at the Alamo I have a signed photo of him hanging in my bathroom in the basement so do I was that for yeah. well not in my bathroom uh, he came he did a three night thing at the Alamo where he oh, showed like brick and he showed brick, brick brothers Looper. bloom and um, no he didn't show brothers bloom he showed brick no I saw brothers oh no no it was a it was a it was a double feature wasn't it where it was brothers bloom and brick one night. Looper another night that he spoke over, yeah. and then he showed Sierra Madre the night. In that's between. right. That's that's, what that's it was. how I remember. So him. I saw the double feature, and then I saw Looper with him there. Yeah, because I was um, there with you for Looper. Yeah, and he narrated over it. And if you stayed long enough, at the end of the night, um, Nathan Johnson was there too. I told Nathan Johnson he was a badass. Um, fun, so that was great because he is fun, but not fun fact. This is when I was still drinking, so I had more than a few in me. And when I talked to him, I was very kind. I didn't do anything belligerent, but I was like trying to get out the words. Like, I just love the fact that you showed treasure to your madre at the Alamo. <laughs> 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 um, he uh, he pulled me aside at one point and was like, "Hey, you you, can you make that guy leave?" <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, it was I'm better great. now, though, guys. So, yeah, and I got him. He signed my. Uh, I had my original ticket stub from Brick. And I had him sign it, and he's like, holy shit, why Why do you have this? I was like, I don't know. I keep a lot of trash. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And, and then like, he came oh, up, man. and you know what? And then he came to up go... to me and said, can you get this guy out of here? <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. what a thing to hear when I have to go direct Star Wars The Last Jedi <laughs> yeah. in the morning. No, uh, I told him. It was like one of the earliest like indie movies I saw at the Esquire. Like it was, it was, it was pivotal. I also had him sign my copy of Brick, because I have the... Canadian release of Brick on Blu-ray, so it's in English and French. Yeah, before because the... they didn't have it. You know, yeah, there wasn't yeah. an American release yet. Did right. you get the new so, one already? 
It's no, out. I have one signed by Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Why do I need an American version? Yeah, just for backup. But now I'm imagining <laughs> it's just before Last Jedi. You go up to him and be like, man, Ryan Johnson, I'm so glad you're going to direct yeah. a Star Wars movie. I'm sure hope you don't put any diversity in an American movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I told him, I was like, or hey. make any tough choices for Luke Skywalker. Hey, I sure hope you don't do that. Whatever you do, Ryan Johnson, don't give any women agency. <laughs> that would really make the internet angry. <laughs> and then he said, fuck you, I'm going to do it. And it was a masterpiece. It was. Yes. Anyway, did you a really good documentary. Did you also tell him you're the only person alive that remembers the Brothers Bloom? That <laughs> 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 even existed? That's not yeah, true. I walked up, I was like, hey, I saw the Brothers Bloom. And he was like, oh, it was you. <laughs> There yeah. was, that was no. That was my first Johnson memory was seeing that at the Denver Film Festival. Oh yeah, it's a good. Yeah, no, it's it, a great movie. Yeah, I saw it yeah. early. I saw it before you. You saw technically. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, now we're wandering, uh, rambling about others. Welcome stuff. to Johnson Cast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's it for going around town. Thanks again, uh, Corinne and Zach for coming. Out. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was not it that was... I harbor any ill feelings because I know you. You got stuff to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. That voodoo doll on his desk at work <laughs> is not meant for you. No. <laughs> It's just constantly an infant everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> was Ryan Johnson there? No. Ah, son of a bitch. What no. an asshole. What, what are you he talking about? He's everywhere. Ryan Johnson doesn't show up for shit anymore. I, I chased him down the D- Denver Center uh, Performing Arts parking lot, and he would not stop for me. Yeah, you know what, though? I threw a bunch of postcards in his windshield wipers, and he just threw them away. You know what? If, you, if, if he doesn't show up to anywhere anymore, you know who to blame for that. We know uh, who drove him back. J.J. And- J. Abrams? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Who? The people who hate his movie. Well, yeah. That's 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 the people we have to blame for that. Anyway, anyway. Uh, moving on. Uh, what are we doing? You want to do you want to do Blu-rays? Let's do Blu-rays. Sure, let's do some Blu-rays. Yeah. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Since I haven't been on the show that often, I I like every couple of weeks I have to go onto Blu-ray.com and like look at all of the recent releases and just like throw them into my cart on Amazon because I forget. I don't know. Why don't you just listen to our show? Uh, it takes a lot of time. We, we talk about it. If I had time to listen to the show, don't you think I'd be on the show? <laughs> uh, really quickly, I want to uh, thank Blu-ray.com for adjusting that egregious error from last week, and the Hitchcock collection is no longer available last week. It's now available in December. So Okay, oh. thanks, Hitchcock nerd. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't here, so you don't know. <laughs> I love this character. <laughs> I love this fucking character. It's part of the uh, reason why I started with that. Uh, no, uh, uh, it looks like the biggest releases of the week are the Angry Birds 2 movie. B- movie 2. Shut the fuck up, Zach. Forty-seven. Wait, what? Why? <laughs> it was at the drive-in. It was the first thing before what I wanted to watch. So uh, go to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, if you thought that that was an egregious big one, get ready for the second biggest one, which is 47 meters down, uncaged. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, uh, but no, uh, uh, honestly, the bigger ones are uh, Good Boys is uh, coming out on Blu-ray. Um, the Peanut Butter Falcon coming out on Blu-ray. Oh, good! My my mom saw that. And she, both my folks loved it. I I, I can't yeah. wait to check it out. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then one of my I've favorites. Seen it. it's great. What was okay. that? Should I just buy it unseen? Cool. You'll love it. Nice. Yeah. And then one of my I'm, favorites. I'm really excited for the Renaissance of Shia LaBeouf. I'm in. I'm totally in. Dude, Honey Boy looks yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Dude, we could have totally... seen Honey Boy for free. We didn't. That's sad. <sighs> anyway. Uh, also on Blu-ray this week, one of my favorite films of the year, The Farewell, uh, which has a wonderful performance by Aquafina in it. You should oh. all watch that movie. The water? It, no, no, no. The, the, uh, the actress. I just get so confused. The, the, the these fair, days. You know what, James? You will love The Farewell. I recommend you, you don't watch understand. it. it is a, this it is bottle a, of water's grandma is I've dying. I've turned into an old man dad. James, 
is a beautiful movie about family. These are what and jokes it's mostly, sound like to me now. And it's mostly in Chinese and very little in English. So it's kind of beautiful and amazing to watch this. You should watch The Farewell. Is it about a rivalry? No, it's not. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's the only thing. It's just James. It needs to be about a rivalry. Hey, hey, 47 meters down on cage is about a rivalry between the shark and people. (laughs) Have you guys seen that trailer for Ford and Ferrari? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's that's definitely about an automotive rivalry. Oh, oh, wow. What else have we got? It's an actual rivalry. What else have we got? Um... Uh, there's a reissue of Spirited Away on oh, cool. Blu-ray, I guess. I don't have uh, Criterion's putting out the the Day Trippers, uh, which is an early film from Greg Matola. Uh, I've never seen it, but with uh, uh, with uh, the Beatles? No, 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 no. It's, no, I, okay. Leave Schreiber, Parker Posey. Yeah. Uh, uh, someone else. Uh, Warner Archive is putting out Operation Crossbow. Uh, wow. With Sophia Loren and George Peppard, uh, you can pick that up. Um, <coughs> Kino Lobor is <laughs> not who I thought when you said Operation Crossbow I was very confident that it had a bad Photoshop of Bruce Willis on the front oh no 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 like, no, no, no this yeah. was see, Operation the, Crossbow see you didn't hear the first two words which is Warner Archives <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, James Cross and Ryan Bow team up Bruce Willis is so old and tired <laughs> that his movies go straight to Warner Archives the fuck do I care I'm yeah. in Rome having having lunch um no, um, yeah. I mean, what else is he going to do with fucking four million dollars per, d- per film? You know, uh, Kino Lobor uh, is putting out another movie that sounds Marber. like a Bruce Willis uh, VOD movie, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. It's <laughs> yeah. not a VOD. No, yeah, yeah. That is a Clint Eastwood movie directed by Michael Cimino, uh, and it's the film that really brought Cimino to prominence uh, and allows something like The Deer Hunter to happen. Yeah, it's also no, that's a real movie. It's also something that allows Heaven's Gate to happen. But you I'm know, like I'm Operation Crossbow. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I think about Heaven's Gate. I need to rewatch it because the first time I watched it, I just wasn't in the mood for it. And I was just like, well, it was a disaster anyway. But now I need to rewatch it under the guise of art and whatnot. But I'm going to name my memoir Operation Crossbow. Dude, do it. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense to your life, but do it. How do you know? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't Brad, know me. what do you guys do at You don't work? know me. <laughs> you don't know me. Things I've seen, things I've done. Uh, there's a reissue of Heather's coming out. Uh, that's a good movie. Uh, there's a steel book of pop star never stop never stopping coming out. Oh um, shit! You can check that out. Um, if you are into the Big Bang Theory, the final season is available on Blu-ray. It's mm. the twelfth and final season. Thank fucking god. <laughs> My parents love that show, so I've kind of had to learn to just make peace with that idea. It's bad um, for people. I agree, but I'm. You go tell my parents that. You no. come and give them a lecture. No. People can watch what they want. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Um, Kino Lobor is also putting out a Walter Matthau movie called Charlie Varick. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's a badass movie with uh, Walter Matthau and a gun and a plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen the movie. I'm just looking at the poster. Uh, but I love Walter Matthau, so I will definitely watch that. Does he wield a crossbow in that movie? No. You know what he does? He yells at George Burns for an hour. That's what he does. Okay. Yeah. That's, it, it, that's, that's what makes it a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wow, I got really pithy with that one. Uh, Kino Lobor is also putting out Madigan and Street People and Star Trek Discovery Season 2 is coming out on Blu-ray, oh, yeah, so you yeah. can check that out. Um, yeah. I'm I'm caving in and getting CBS All Access, mainly because my parents are getting it. Well, yeah. You know why? Because they want to watch Young Sheldon. Maybe that's what I'll do. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, maybe I'm that's what joking. I'll do. I'll convince my parents to to get CBS All Access. Hey, don't tell anybody about this. I'll convince my parents to get CBS All Access uh-huh. and then share the past the password with me, and then I'll share my Disney Plus with them. 
And then that way, like, we'll all be happy, but I can watch Picard because all I care about is watching Picard. I agree. I, I will pay for CBS All Access for Picard. And maybe some Twilight Zone. Or I will buy my parents' lunch and let them give me their, their <laughs> key. That's fair. Uh, the last two things are uh, uh, Screen Factory is putting out a uh, 1981 movie called Road Games uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach. Cool. Uh, this is a fun little flick. You should definitely check it out. Uh, and then last but not least, Shout Select is putting out um, the most austere collection uh, of this year. Uh, I speak, of course, of The Nutty Professor and The Nutty Professor to the Clumps Collector's Edition. Wait, wait, the Eddie Murphy one? Yeah. Look at that. From Shout Factory. Shout Select. Still. It's their Shout Select label. That first one's good. That first one's good. What's happened? The second one I haven't watched in a while. Uh, I'm fairly sure it's stupid. But I remember loving it as a kid, which shows you how big an idiot I am no matter what age I am. Next thing you know, Criterion's going to put out a version of Norbit. Dude, they've... They put out Armageddon. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> they can, they'll auteur. do anything. <laughs> He's an auteur. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm an auteur. Kaboom. <laughs> Their DVD release of The Rock is pretty good. You know what? They should do a Criterion of Pain and Gain because that is his masterpiece. No. Hands no. down, it is his no. masterpiece. No. Um, his masterpiece is Bad Boys 2. Thank you very much. Uh, no. Yes. No. No. It's Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's the 13th hour. I it's don't Bumblebee. Know. It's bu- <laughs> he didn't even direct it. <laughs> I'm aware. Uh, and that is uh, Blu-rays. Cool. Oh, I'm sorry. One last thing. Oh, fuck. There is a re-release of The Phantom Creeps with Bela Lugosi. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, It's got features the the robot head that Rob Zombie's made so famous in his stage shows. So you can check that out on Blu-ray. The Phantom Creeps. It's a fun little serial. Uh, Michael Bay's masterpiece is Midway. It's uh, got Mandy Moore in it, and it's out this fall. No, that's, that's... directed by Roland Anonymous Limerick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And it features Patrick Orm Wilson. I shouldn't have brought up Midway. And Mandy, 47 meters down, more. Hey, remember how everybody criticized Pearl Harbor for like being a movie about Pearl Harbor that then tries to... To like make up for it at the end by using the attack on Japan as like yeah. a oh yeah the dual raid yeah, yeah. Like, yeah what no, a I terrible know. way to write that script that was yeah yeah why would you do that again with Midway I don't know uh. um I, you know it's funny as I've gotten older because I, I I mean as like when it came out I saw Pearl Harbor in theater yeah and I liked it because I had no other context for a good war movie because I didn't see Saving Private Ryan until three years after that mm-hmm. um I think it's probably because. Oh, Pearl yeah, Harbor's yeah. PG thirteen. Right. No, I'm um, I'm the same but, way. I but, I would almost guarantee I saw Pearl Harbor and, before and, I saw. And Pearl I Harbor. I have not watched it in forever. But one of those things, those honest trailers things, did was re- was remind me. Oh yeah, there's some weird racist shit in here. That's like not even like directly related to Japan. Like there's just some oh, flat yeah, out weird yeah. racist shit going on in there. No, that so. movie's that movie has problems. Yeah, but also has some amazing shit in it. Anyway, yeah. and a Faith anyway. Hill music video. God damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'll also point out that Arrow is releasing a uh, new version of Robocop. Oh, snap. Ooh. It's pretty badass. It's coming this week that. for me. Did that, was that on know. there? Yeah. Uh, I saw it. I'm either I'm getting it earlier. Or yeah. yeah. I can't imagine I'm getting it that early. Is, a, is it a Steelbook edition? I thought I'd seen a Steelbook version. There is a Steelbook version of it. Oh, okay. But I elected for like the fold-out 
deluxe oh, okay. thing because yeah no i'm not seeing it on here um but you know maybe what i am maybe seeing it's next week and brad's just getting it that early and you know what i am seeing is the the final uh the finally the blu-ray release of gone fishing with joe pesci and danny glover i mean guys guys they talk like weird fucking man children in a movie in that movie is e- it an is it an awesome version of robocop no no I'm no just, hey 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 shut up <laughs> is it an awesome version of robocop yeah, it's like got all the stuff that Criterion had. Yeah. And then more. Cool. Restorate like I don't know, 4K restoration. It's I like think. great, but more. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, I just like for, somehow I ended up accidentally selling my Criterion DVD of it. <laughs> and then getting the Blu-ray and then realizing the Criterion has like the Paul Verhoeven commentary on it. And I was like, "Damn myself." Oh. Why would you do that? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You gave up the Criterion? Yeah. I idiot just, i was just thinking that's a great way to talk about like great sequels like empire strikes back it's great but more <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, uh that's yeah. blu-rays cool very good all righty uh news it's real news oh that's how segues work right <laughs> you just say the thing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like magic. Yeah, you know, genius. And then the theme the song comes in, and you're good. Uh, right. Well, got a lot of trailers this cool. last week. I haven't seen any of them. Got a lot of trailers this week. Uh, we'll start off with one that just kind of made me feel weird, but also excited. Is uh, we got a trailer for Fantasy Island uh, from Blumhouse. Uh, Wait, what? They are taking Fantasy Island, the show with Ricardo Montalban. Is there a midget? Uh, no, there's Whoa, not. whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, is there and a little person? And also a little person. <laughs> um, no, but Michael Pena is doing the Montalban role. Or at least he's the curator of Fantasy Island. What? 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 It's a horror movie now. What? Yeah, it's a horror movie. How do they think Fantasy Island worked? You know what? Fantasy Island technically... Could be a horror yeah. show. <laughs> well, I thought you were gonna say Fantasy Island technically didn't work. So no, I mean no, it doesn't. But <laughs> Ricardo Montalban's charming to watch. Um, yeah, no, but the concept where a, a, an island where your dreams come true that can be twisted. Sure, 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 movie. and yeah, it could yeah. work too. Yeah, um, within the context of that show too, it, it actually works. And I like the idea of what Michael Pena taking that role. So man. Um, but I mean, watching the trailer, somebody at um, Bloomhouse was drunk one day. Like, hey, should we buy the rights to this thing? Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, it's a co-production with Sony too, so they may just be desperate enough to. Work with, <laughs> you know, they, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we just gotta keep Disney from buying us, guys. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know this, but Sony doesn't know what the fuck to do with anything. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, we uh, also got. It, does, it really does sound like somebody at Sony was looking at what they have the rights to and just like spinning a wheel and going like, "Who do we sell this to? Yeah. And see if they can make money." I don't know. Uh, Blumhouse. Let's just see. Yeah. Um, we also got a trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, if you'll recall, ladies and gentlemen, right. we got a trailer for this. Oh, I've seen a trailer ago. for Sonic. Yeah, the Hedgehog. and we got a new one, and uh, they they changed the look of Sonic. And I, for one, think we need to change it again. What? <laughs> what did this happen? Because the original one was just fine. No, no, no. no, no. They, um, uh, yeah, they released a new trailer, and uh, I don't know, like it. It doesn't change the fact that it's just the movie Hop, yeah, but with it, Sonic. It's still, <laughs> right, like at the end of the day, that movie still looks like garbage. Yeah. It's just that now it has Sonic in it, whereas before it had a weird CG rat. It's so weird because with teeth, Jim Jim Carrey as Robotnik kind of looks fun. 
But right, uh, but, but you can tell how hard they're leaning the trailer on that because yeah. everything else about the movie doesn't work. And it's so weird because James Marsden is ahead of Jim Carrey and Billing, but he's nowhere on that poster. Uh, is it Ben Schwartz? Ben Schwartz is playing Sonic, yeah. but he's not on the poster either. Or his his name's not on the poster. Yeah. So it's James Marsden, Jim Carrey, and then it's I mean, Robotnik and Sonic. Here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Poor fucking James Marsden can't get a fucking break. <laughs> At least the thing they got right is that now it, it, it looks like Sonic. Like, before, it didn't, and now it does. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, I, okay. I, do I give a shit about the movie? Not really, no. but, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm. I will probably go see it because it'll probably be one of those and, movies we're gonna want to review. Uh, to be fair, and I'll, I know some people who've worked on some stuff that's maybe Sonic related. The problem with this movie is almost assuredly the people who own Sonic and their interference with how Sonic has to be portrayed in anything Sonic shows up in. Yep, and they have a lot of control and say over what can and can't happen. Uh-huh. So the problem with this movie has nothing to do with the people who are in it the people who made it the people who wrote it the even the people who are designing sonic let me tell you they didn't fuck it up they got bad direction from people who control it so um yeah i'm not gonna see that movie that's fair (laughs) you probably made the wisest decision in your life to leave this show (laughs) (laughs) i didn't leave i don't know i just don't show up you, you okay i'm sorry you've created a rarity that I envy at this yeah. point. Um, uh, but the last trailer that we got, uh, unless I missed any other ones, is the best one, which is uh, we got a trailer for The Invisible Man uh, by Ooh. Lee Wannell uh, and starring Elizabeth Moss. And uh, I'm fucking stoked. Is Elizabeth Moss The Invisible Man? Because that would be confusing. No. Uh, the way they're pitching it this time is that she was in an abusive relationship with a man. Uh, the man uh, was invisible. Dies. and beca- or, but, or, but he is he dead? No, he's not. He's fucking invisible and he's fucking <laughs> I'm not joking. It, it, it's that's the plot, and it yeah. it works. Like that trailer has me sold. <laughs> Is he dead? No, he's invisible. <laughs> I hope that's the tagline. The um, dark timeline of Ghost. You know, yeah. considering, <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Ghost, but your husband was abusive. Yeah, instead of the pottery love scene, she's oh. just being strangled. Oh god, it makes complete sense for <laughs> yeah, this no. movie to do what it's doing. Uh, and also, it's technically taking some concepts from Hollow Man and not doing them dumbly. So, uh, and dumbly is not a word. Yeah. So that's how dumb yeah, Hollow dumb, Man dumb. was. Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Hollow Man sucks, guys. Um, uh, but uh, I found it interesting that if if this works, then they can do that IP thing again uh, with like doing mm. Universal Monsters. We don't need a connected universe. We don't need anything like that. Just let Blumhouse handle it. They yeah, no, just make doing. good, just make good monster movies. Yeah, and, like that's fine. And most importantly, give me the job of redirecting Dracula. I'll make it interesting. No. I love the '30s version, but it doesn't have any visual range. Just don't touch Dracula. Yeah, just don't worry about it. No, it's fine. See, you don't. We don't need to hear it again. You don't understand my plan. It's you know fine. why I've been losing all this weight, James? I got this movie by Keanu. J- James, you, <laughs> James, you know why I've been losing all this weight? To and why Dracula? I've been learning Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> To, to confuse people? <laughs> blah. <laughs> That's just the teaser trailer. It's just uh, blah. blah. <laughs> and then we got laughing in the background. And then October. <laughs> uh. From James Wan. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, moving on yeah. to uh, other news. Um, so this 
this news came out a few weeks ago. I don't remember if we talked about it, but I guess it had more development since then. Uh, th- there's a company that's uh, making a movie. Uh, Blumhouse? And, uh, n- no, not Blumhouse. Um, Disney? And what, they're th- what the thing is is that the, Sony? the lead in their film is going to be James Dean. Now, there's a problem with James that. Dean the porn star? No. no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, James Dean, the performer from such films as East of Eden, uh, Rebel Without a Cause, uh, and Giant. And and and, and uh, whatever that Canyon movie was with with Lindsay Lohan. Right? <laughs> All I'm remembering from that movie is Paul Schrader texting Lindsay Lohan saying, Go home, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a BTS story that you'll want to hear. No, uh, long story short, a company's trying to make, uh, like, doing the CGI recreation of a of a dead person. Uh, the thing that, essentially, they did for Peter Cushing in Rogue One. Right. But they want to use it for an entire movie. And naturally, but, the internet's... But, but okay, but the, so the, the, the difference here is that, like, in one of those movies, they were using CG to bring back a character. Mm-hmm. And in this case, they're using CG to bring back an actor. Yeah. Why? Because reasons. I don't fucking know. They said that it would be James Dean was the only one who could play this role, and now we have the technology to do it. I'm like, that's not a fucking reason. But he died. Yeah. So clearly he couldn't play that role. Well, here's the thing. This is the recent development. Worldwide XR uh, CEO Travis Cloyd said that in a uniquely terrible statement that manages to blame this awful new business model on millennials and Gen Z. I am quoting SlashFilm.com, by the way, and this is actually a very good article. Um they hold and represent the rights to more than 400 celebrities, athletes, sports teams, oh. which opens endless possibilities for long dead stars to return to the big screen. Apart from James Dean, that includes actors like Betty Page, Burt Reynolds, Andre the Giant, and sports legends like Lou Gehrig and artists like Maya Angelou. What a <laughs> I, I, awful, terrible, so, horrible future we so, live in. So, James... You know what you need to do? Because news stories like this. Zach, we, we, no, hold on. You just realized you lost the role of Dracula because they're just going to have Bella Lugosi play Dracula. Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So, you know, you've, you know you've, you've found a way to be able to come on the show every so often and whatnot. And what I need you to do is help me find a wife and have okay. a kid so that I have okay. a reason to not read these news stories anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I could be distracted by actual things. And not this garbage. Uh, I I don't I don't get. They're not um, going to do this, right? Well, I, see, this is never going to actually be made because it's impractical. So, like a company owning the rights to those images, I understand that that's a thing. Sure. Whether or not they're going to do it, I don't know. I mean, but like, just hold on to that stuff for another hundred years until we have like holographic, like you know, sex bots, well, like we... in Blade Runner, <laughs> and then you just sell those people as holographic sex bots or, or like Lucy... in our dark, terrible, dark timeline. It makes me think of the Lucy Lou bots from Futurama. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, that's where we're going. Um, like, why would you blow your load metaphorically now by making, like, shitty movies that nobody wants to see? I, I agree, because also, who the fuck knows who James Dean is other than me? So, what, you it, know... <laughs> it, it's just not, like... It doesn't make any sense. No, nope, like, I agree. It's not. It's not going to be some amazing performance. It's going to be, at best, Alita, which was great, but that was a 
a person under there playing that performance. Yeah, like, you know, and, I, I and mean, then they're gonna mask it over some. You know, like, yeah, they're trying to they're trying to layer on top of another layer that doesn't make sense. Right. But you know, I mean, Brad brought up a point when I was bringing up this whole conversation. Like, I think this was back when we saw JoJo. He's like, "So, what? Well, you're not excited of the prospect of having somebody recreate Jag Benny like that?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. That Jack happens. Benny's dead. That, that happens. I shut down the company. Right. Uh, I, I'll <laughs> I'll accept zombie Jack Benny. I won't accept computer <laughs> Jack. Benny. Okay. All right. <laughs> So there are some good things about this, which are like, yes, you could have a movie where like uh, you you bring all of those stars back as zombies or yeah. have them have cameos. And it does mean that like even as Sir Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart like die off, mm-hmm. we would still now have a chance to make uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Roundtable, which was the... <laughs> The script that he pitched that no one has bought because Hollywood is stupid um, and it's the coolest idea ever, which was that like some terrible, dark evil came into the world and the only way to fight it is with actual English knights. But of course, all of the knights today are actors. So the whole plot (laughs) of the movie was that you had to get Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and like all the people who are knights today. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant idea for a movie. Oh. Now you could do that, but just with like CG heads. Oh. Yeah. That would, that'd be interesting. Right. You could set it in like the nineties and like a giant a giant, you know, dragon pops up and the only way to kill it is <laughs> with a sword and a knight. I think the bigger issue ultimately with all this is just like, you know, this takes you one step closer to uh George Lucas's idea of just like, well, some some point I need to work George, with actors. Of George Lucas's basement where he doesn't have to see anybody. Yeah. James, James, just because you haven't seen my movies in my basement doesn't mean they're not great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> James, James, I've sent you 500 invites over email. I'm not coming, George. <laughs> I've sent you a Friendster invite. You're not responsible finding to me <laughs> uh anyway um moving on though uh, paul thomas anderson's coming back to the big screen eventually he with left? a movie set in high school in the 1970s uh also about a child actor apparently but oh. uh that should be interesting so it's basically gonna be boogie nights jr i don't know does um, this movie have a plot that's a weird thing to that's, associate with kids the, the, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's true wow. I, should, I should take yeah. a step back yeah man good catch brad yeah no thank you for reminding me how terrible i am um, <laughs> you piece of shit. I know. Yeah, I should just dive right into hell. Uh, this, this, the only thing they're saying about the plot is that it's set in a high school in the 1970s in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, so, but it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that has a plot. I, I, I mean, that's the description. You're being mean. <laughs> I like his movies. Um, I haven't rewatched Inherent Vice in a while, though. That's something I need to do at some point. Yeah, uh, I know it's not supposed to make sense because that's the point of that novel. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to anything new by PTA. Um, you know, uh, if you haven't watched Phantom Thread, you probably should check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah, I can um, it. Is it a There Will Be Blood? No, but uh, it's pretty damn that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Anyway, it, I know. I know what you think of that movie. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Fast and the Furious news. Uh, for James here, because I right. he gets excited about that. I'm on board. So, um, Fast and Furious 9, I'm going to read the headline, may return to the scene of a traumatic event in Dom's life. And at first, I thought that was, oh, that he ran out of Corona one day. But, no. Uh, it looks like something involving... 
Yeah, they're not really saying. Don't, don't we still have? <laughs> it's uh, it, I guess Michelle Rodriguez being on like. A did we kill? Or did we kill so. Charlize Theron yet, or is she still? Out no, there? we didn't kill her. I didn't think so. No, she she's coming back. Right. She's just not wearing the dreadlocks anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but oh I that, no, that's what it, shit. Sorry, this is what it is. I forgot the it. They're showing uh, Michelle Rodriguez and her at a racetrack, and Michelle Re- Rodriguez looks a little younger. So it may be the CG. No, it <laughs> it may be a CG head of Michelle Rodriguez no, on a different actor. No, but you know what it it, it probably is because I remember this because I watched the first Fast and Furious not too long ago. Uh, the Dom's backstory is like he had a traumatic event happen at the track that ended up sending him to prison. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. so that's why he is the way he is. We, didn't he like beat a guy with a wrench? He beat a guy with a wrench so bad that he yeah. has to take the bus to work. Yeah, yeah, right, family. Uh, Where's my Corona? That's what'll really make me care more about those characters instead of The Rock is watching Vin Diesel beat a man with a wrench. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I could make a movie called Wrench Beating, and uh, probably make, make as much money. Just as... Just give me more Hobbs and Shaw's movies. Yeah, I it, agree. It gives me exactly what I needed. I agree, but without um, all the Vin Diesel. Uh, then uh, the quick Joker news: uh, most profitable comic book movie of all time. Fuck. Cool. Uh, I uh, need to rewatch it, I guess. Um, uh, it hasn't stuck with me the way um, I thought it might. I still haven't had a chance to see it. I don't know how I feel about that. I think uh, I have to. I think it's worth watching it. Um, I always, I, you know, what's funny. I thought about this when I watched it is like, I don't know if James will like this because this is a lot like a Scorsese movie and James does not like those historically. So, which is also the conversation surrounding the movie you know, just in the public about like, yeah, if you make a movie about a bad person and I'm supposed to root for the bad person, do I like the movie? I, I've sat, I generally don't see. I have sat with that idea for a month and my answer is, is that, you know, it goes back to what I've generally believed, which is just like, well, if it's an interesting story that shows a complex, a complex portrait of, uh, of insanity or dislikable people and like how that unfolds, like it can be of beneficial value sure. at the very least. If, but if nothing else, it's not going to cause actual violence in actual society, but yeah, and I'm not uh, making that argument. I don't know that. Yeah, no, you know, but I get what you're totally saying. I understand yeah. that. Uh, but the last piece of news is, uh, the saddest one guys. Um, not too long ago, we got a trailer for a, um, um, a nightmare called cats. And uh, uh, yeah, man. It, it looks like that nightmare may not be done in time to qualify for the golden globes the SAG Awards, and many more awards. Oh, man. So what... Does that mean it'll get nominated next year? Do they just push it back and, until all the CG's done? It doesn't say... They're trying to still push it for their Christmas release. So I think, if anything, the only push they'll be able to make is for the Oscars, Wait. unless they get done within the next like week or so. But if oh, they push damn, it... just the Oscars. If yeah. they push it back, they can put Sonic in it. Yes. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. They, you know what? And James Dean. You know what? It's James Dean. And you know what? What if James Dean is a cat? What if James <laughs> Dean is Sonic? You know, we live in a crazy <laughs> world where anything can happen now. You know what? Joaquin Phoenix has been photoshopping Joker into other classic movies. Maybe he could photoshop himself into cats. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, cats, the Here's movie. Here's the thing. The CG in that actually looks really good for it, what it is. It, it is. It's just, it's, it's unsettling it's at first. It, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's cats. I mean... <laughs> It's fucking Jersey girl faces. Jersey girl said it very best when it was, you know, basically saying through its screenplay, Sweeney Todd is 10 times better than cats. I think, you know, I know that's not a great argument, but I feel like there's a part of me that has to watch cats and has to watch cats like 
um, like what's his name in Clockwork Orange, where I hold my own eyes open because I have to make sure I see every <laughs> single frame. Me and me, Drew. Because I just have to see it. Like it's just so much. Me and me, Drew. He's watched T.S. Eliot arrive yeah, on the stage. It's just, <laughs> it's just so much. Uh, you don't need to do it. You don't I've watched that trailer it. a number of times. I'm gonna go because I want to know. I just, I have to know. Yeah, I don't but know it's going to be a situation where, to, yeah. yeah, but it's like a situation where either I've already done a subscription program at this point and they're not like, I, it, they may not directly report the money or I earn enough points with Regal that I get a free ticket and then I just uh, use it on that because I'm not going to yeah. give them any of my actual cash because that would be a terrible thing, James. Here's the other thing. It's entirely possible that when you, we go see the movie, all the shots in the movie are actually close-ups from the shoulders up, and that none of the cat people are even in the movie. You know what? It's also possible that it's Tom Hooper giving me the middle finger. Exactly. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, like It's all just close-ups of Taylor Swift, and you know she is dancing, and you know she is a cat, but you don't get to see any of that. It's just her face. That's true. It's like a Muppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Muppet movie. Holy shit, yeah. that's how he makes movies. <laughs> he learned to direct from Muppet movies. Dude, he learned from magical people. That makes so much sense. How now. come that magic didn't wear off? Yeah. Um, cool. But anyway, that's news. Great. Yeah, unless there was anything else. I mean, oh yeah, some oh. streaming service de- dis- debuted today. Yeah, Disney Plus came out today. Yeah, 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 that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to figure out what I'm deleting off my phone so I can make room. Oh, yeah. no, Probably, I mean, probably videos of my baby. Yeah, that's probably what I'm deleting off of my phone. Children, children are yeah. not the future, James. Right. Disney Plus is. Yeah. Well, hey, how is she, <laughs> how is she possibly going to watch Disney Plus from the back of the car if I don't have the app on my phone? Yeah, it's true. You know, she's not gonna. She, she doesn't give a shit about watching videos of herself. Cut to cut to you know your kid at like age fourteen or whatever. Like, Dad, do you have any photos she of just me when I was a baby? Yeah. And she's and you just go no. But I have season 12 of The Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> you can watch it, my dear. I gave you everything you ever needed. You know, if you uh, just upload those things to Facebook, they'll store it forever. And, uh, <laughs> True. And, yes. Uh, I've, I actually have like all my photos and videos synced to the OneDrive, but I, I just resynced everything. And it's just taking so damn long for that much data to upload and then get removed from my phone. It's crazy. It's like every couple days I get like 2% of my phone storage back. Yeah. You don't need to know about this. Anyway. No, even right. if you delete it off there, it'll still be there. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's news. Uh, now we do what we've been watching. Brad? What you been watching? Uh, not a ton. I've been working a ton uh, this past week. I did get a chance to see The Lighthouse. Oh, cool. Yeah, Brooks went saw that. By herself? Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. Her mom, her mom came up think? and watched the kid, and, and she was like, I want to go see a movie, so she went and saw The Lighthouse. Oh. Yeah. Did she Without find me. it um, good acting, but story not so much I cared about? <laughs> uh, she she referred to it as, well, that was weird and unsettling. It's an experience. It's definitely like an atmosphere film. Um, yeah. I enjoyed Pattinson and uh, Defoe, like their characters and their well, I enjoy their characters, but their performances of those characters. Was, These guys are just so great. Like it's just that it's just like strong acting. Yeah, like yeah. strong acting. Um, and then visuals, solid, like interesting. Just a 
Didn't really care for the mystery part of it. So. Mm. It's it's about what happens when masculinity is left unchecked. I was like, wait, come no, on, no, somebody no, throw no, a pie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but the nightly news is what happens when masculinity is left unchecked. Uh, can't, can't it? Can't it also be that too? God damn. Um, you should watch fine. the lighthouse. Uh, Still not interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I found the witch <laughs> underwhelming, and that movie had witches in it. So <laughs> yeah, I was trying um, to think today because I, I only saw the witch that one time back in 2015. Yeah, and I was like, what was the plot of that movie? And it took me like a lot of seconds to f- remember. There's a goat. It's the devil tempting this woman to. I mean, the devil. The witch is actually more. In, well, I haven't seen the lighthouse, but the witch is is more interesting. Like in theory, because it's really a movie about how women are these, oppressed in puritanical societies. Yeah, well, and Calvinism specifically, and the oppression of Calvinism, um, and how that religion and and women being oppressed in that religion then drives the creation of the thing that that religion is trying to fight against and so afraid of, which is cool in like on paper, the idea of the witch is great. And then in a trailer, the witch is great. And you watch the witch and you're like, all right, you did it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's better than that, but you did a pretty movie. Thank you. Like, yeah, this is, this looks, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Well, that's why I said, I like go home now. I mean, I like the lighthouse more than the witch, but I do like the witch a lot. Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, I like to live deliciously. It's it's like the quiet horror version of, of style over substance, you know, like it's, it's kind of, it's like the smoke and aces of quiet horror movies. Because Smoke and Aces is very much style over substance is where yeah, I'm going. Okay. You know? Like, like it doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't necessarily have much value. But it's cool to look at. And I, when you go home, you're, you know. I can't agree with that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no one asked you to. <laughs> hey, hey. I really like Smoke and Aces. Yeah. I was talking about The Witch. I know. <laughs> you really like The Witch. I'm yeah. just saying. Um, um, I will say, I will ask you, though, um, now that you've seen it, um, <laughs> There was one part that I laughed at super hard, which is when he starts beating the shit out of that seagull. Yeah, that's oh, fucked shit. up. That's not a funny part at all. It's, oh, it's it's just like the way the seagulls are portrayed in the movie. Like sometimes they're fake, sometimes they're real, and that so that funny. one I could tell that one was fake. Yeah, and the one where he's climbing up the hill and there's just like these string. Yeah, there's like string birds. seagulls. Just it's like, like a really dangling. cool aesthetic thing because it's supposed to be an old fashioned movie. Yeah, uh, but like when he. There's a scene where he beats a seagull to death. Is it the same seagull actor from The Shallows? No, no. It's a different seagull no, actor. No, they couldn't get they couldn't afford him. It's Jonathan yeah. Livingston Seagull. It's the same it's the same <laughs> Well, there's two seagulls in the movie. That's one of them. The other one's Steven Seagull. <laughs> um and I should I should I should pre- I should say like that it's not so much funny as it's just like it took me aback and I like had that uncomfortable laugh like, "Oh, uh, okay, you're just being that seagull to death." <laughs> Yeah, the one's like, fuck this. That's dickhead. not even physically possible. Man can't catch a seagull. That's one of the worst things oh, happen to this character, dude. But, I mean, that's why. I mean, that's why he dies. That's why. He, whoa, 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 whoa! Whatever. Whoa, you don't whoa. like the witch. You're not going to like whoa, this movie. Spoilers. <laughs> anyway, uh, cool. What else did you see? Uh, I wish. I really wish Ryan was here because I I uh, saw Loaded Weapon One. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. You're gonna get nothing but an empty box talking to us about it. <laughs> yeah, or at least me. But um, yeah. So that's the movie that he has this uh quote he uses all the time that I can't even remember right now. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Did you see the Stallone retrospective of the Omni? And I forgot the other half of it. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh the, right away like it's like i i felt like i was like this is the movie i would have because it's so much like the gags from um john claude van damme's dm van yeah in it like man this is very similar to like the um dissection of like action movies from that period yeah, yeah. um so there's some good gags in there but <laughs> after about 45 minutes i was kind of like okay mm-hmm. I, i've got enough of this <laughs> um it's, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere interesting uh i didn't r- realize shatner was in it um as the main villain so that was pretty fun oh wow to watch him dunk his head into a piranha tank <laughs> um yeah um yeah just fun silly movie did you get to see jojo rabbit at the alamo I we oh, I did, but I didn't get to see the pre-show. Oh, okay. I saw it at the Alamo and the Esquire. Okay. Did you see the thing where Hitler's penis gets eaten by a piranha? No. Oh, okay. In the pre-show at the Alamo, there's like this weird movie that they take a cut from where like Hitler is taking a bath and somebody sneaks into the room with a single piranha in a jar and drops it in. And then it's clear from like the blood and the way that he's reacting that the joke is that the piranha just eats his dick. Mm. Anyway, it was, it was great. Cool. It was super weird. Sorry, Piranha. Well, how's that related to Loaded Weapon 1? Because you were talking about uh, him putting his head in a thing with Piranha. Oh, Piranha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it all comes back around. All right. Yeah. Time's um, a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all I got, I think. Yes. Cool. Yeah, sure, why not? Zach, what have you been watching? Um, Oh, I played a little catch-up because last week was super, super light. Uh, so I decided to try to watch all six Lord of the Ring Hobbit movies Holy uh, in a 24-hour period, mm. and I got very, very close. I uh, I stopped halfway through Two Towers because I got tired and sleepy. Yeah. Uh, but I went through the Hobbit Extended Trilogy, which I had never seen before because I'd oh, only really? watched the theatrical versions. Oh, okay. I was going to uh, say. Yeah. The extended versions are great. Um, yeah. I, uh, I mean, they still suffer from all the things that the Hobbit movies suffer from, but it's it's okay because I like living in that world, and I don't care I what they throw I'm, in there. I'm with you. I own all three of them. And, I I enjoy them, and I love uh, evan- the Evangeline Lilly uh, character yeah. in uh, Desolation and uh, Five Armies. Yep, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> uh, I I I can't wait for the 4K versions, obviously, but those Blu-rays still look great and the case in point that i have for them is on that 4k tv is desolation of smog looks incredible mm-hmm. on 4k yeah. even if it's just a blu-ray you know showing it up there like smog looks fantastic there's like some this really is the best quality i've seen that yeah. in because it's it's one of those things where like i i i so wish that the story of that movie not in the film but the story of how that movie got made uh-huh. were so much cleaner like yeah. I i wish that that we had gotten a Hobbit trilogy the way we got a Lord of the Rings trilogy because it's not, it's almost unfair what the, everybody had to go through to try and crank that movie out. Yeah, there, um, there's a there's, especially when you watch the appendices on the Hobbit movies. Yeah, like those documentaries when you compare those to the Lord of the Rings, it's a dramatically different environment. Well, there's and a clear. It's just yeah. There's a there's a clear. Uh, passion in lord of the rings whereas in the hobbit there feels more like obligation yeah but and it's not just obligation because they have to make a movie to make money it's like it's obligation to get this thing done on a timeline and they're they're running so fast that like there are days where like you never on lord of the rings saw times where peter jackson stopped and said 
I don't have a script for this stuff. I don't know what I'm shooting. Just give me 15 minutes and I'll think it through and figure this out. Yeah. Like, and he's got sets and actors and stuff and he just doesn't know how to film the action scene. Like that never happens in Lord of the Rings. And here he's just like, so behind the eight ball. I'm going to show you a picture um, of this James so that you have a reference for it. Read this book called anything you oh, can yeah. imagine. Peter Jackson and the making of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I have the audible, uh, audio book out of it. I just haven't listened to it yet. They talk about the making of the Hobbit near the end. And, yeah. um, it's interesting to listen to. Yeah. It's uh, just a lot a, of stories yeah. out of that thing. Um, Cause there's so much stuff in there. There's, fantastic yeah benedict cumberbatch as smaug is so good i love watching martin like, freeman throughout the entire yeah. three films i think he's incredible and then in you the get movies. like the weird lava action scene that looks terrible and you're just like oh i don't you care. know no i know I'm, <laughs> hey dude i'm with you i love that universe yeah. i will watch those movies I watch those movies with my kids and still enjoy them my cousin it's was, just like a dramatic difference yeah my cousin was trying to uh was you know throwing out his his opinion that he usually does, which is just like, oh, there's a bunch of studio mandated like overstuffing of those movies and whatnot. I'm just like, it's not that one. I don't no. care. And two, even if you are trying to bring it around back to Lord of the Rings with the side stuff with Gandalf of like, well, where did he go when he said he was disappearing yeah. off in the Hobbit? And the answer is, I like it because I get more Ian McKellen in a movie. Yeah, and some of that stuff is actually good, and some of that stuff is because. They felt the need to have it tie into the which, other film, which makes which, sense if okay. you're trying to sell this movie. Right, exactly. Yeah, like it, to an extent. Yeah. Like, and it could have all, all that stuff could have been great. What's wrong with that movie isn't necessarily the the overall direction and content. It's the amount of time they had to do it. That team yeah. could have made the Lord of the Rings again. Yeah, but the Lord of the Rings took. 15 years to make yeah like you know they just didn't have it you know and it's and it's also every time the credits pop up on each one i was like oh yeah Guillermo del toro was supposed to do this like we all forget we kind of forget that his script's still there yeah but like you just kind of forget and like you know i associate lord of the rings with um boyens walsh and jackson so um in richard taylor um Uh, but I I got in through Fellowship and uh, Two Towers theatrical editions because I hadn't watched the theatrical ones in a while. So I was curious to see how the those cuts hold up for me because those are the ones that I watched a shit ton as, of, of as a kid. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I couldn't afford when I was a kid the extended editions until, like, much later. Um, but all the times that I had to rebuy Lord of the Rings on DVD at some point, I think I bought Peter Jackson a yacht. I would always just sell the theatrical editions to my mom. Uh-huh. So like the DVD <laughs> of the extended editions would come out, and I'd be like, hey, mom, give me like uh, $15. I'll sell you this DVD, and I'll go get the extended editions. You push a di- discs on your mom. Yeah. <laughs> you little smooth operator. It was good. Um but yeah, so uh, th- those are good. I'm going to finish up uh, Two Towers and Return of the King this week or try to watch all three of them and give it a go again. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I texted you this uh, during when I was watching Fellowship, and I stand by this. Uh, I want a side movie, um, maybe directed by Andy Serkis, about uh, Bill the Pony after he gets released uh, outside of the Mines of Moria. Um, you know, I want to know where that horse went through. Well, he actually, in the film version, he's the one who wins the the, the battle at the scourge of... of uh, Gondor. Of, no, of the Shire. Like, oh. He's the one who actually kicks the orcs out of the Shire and stuff like that. Like, that's why Frodo doesn't have to do it at the end. Like, it, yeah. I, I, it's yeah. a fascinating story. You actually, should read the book. Actually, you just reminded me that is in the book. And I, I thought it was weird that J.R.R. Tolkien had the, the, the horse pull a shotgun out. <laughs> and say, get off my motherfucking Shire. Yeah. Like, I, I thought the tone was a little off. 
It's um, pretty grim. Yeah. It's why the fans are so pissed that they cut that out. <laughs> exactly. Um, it really is the Han shot first of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that was another piece of news we didn't talk about, but I, I guess they... What, that Han shot first? No, I guess it's the, not news. I, I guess the new version been true for a while. I guess the new version uh, that they that they're showing on Disney Plus is that they shoot at the same time. Yeah, well, that's the most recent cut of it. Yeah, cause I, cause I was just George, like, uh, after all of the like the hubbub, George Lucas kept going back and like shortening that time as much as possible. Yeah, like so that way he could be right, but also be the good guy. And you're like, dude, just dude, we've we've can been, you just give us our movie? In the past twenty years, we've analyzed that scene more than anybody's analyzed the Sapruder film. It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> Um, moving on though, uh, I went back to fitness cinema after a long, a long hiatus, uh, and they started off kind with me with a nice one hour, 41 um, minute movie called spies like us, uh, with Dan Aykroyd oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Chevy chase. And, uh, if you've never seen the movie, it's basically, an it's John Landis doing an homage to the road movies with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Um, it's not as good as a Bob Hope Bing Crosby road movie, but it's a lot of fun. There's also a lot yeah. of jokes that don't work today. Uh, huh. So just take that with knowledge yeah. with you in there as you're watching Chevy Chase say some stupid shit. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. You probably live in an era where he said stupid shit regardless of being on screen or not. Yeah, you have to pretend <laughs> like you remember what it was like for Chevy Chase to be funny. Yeah, that's that's also true. I mean, Dan Aykroyd's great in the movie, and actually Donna Dixon's pretty fun in it too as like the straight man slash Dorothy Lamour character. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's... It's got a lot. It understands the beats of those movies. I actually think it's like a testament to Landis as a director, as opposed to necessarily the stars. Like Landis knows how to structure the film so that it operates like a road movie, uh, to the point where the random cameo that they have in usually a road movie movie of any kind in this case is actually Bob Hope, and he just comes in through a tent and makes a comment and walks away, and then like perfect. That's all you needed. It's like how I wish some cameos would happen in movies today. Where they just come in and come out, like not even making a huge deal. Like Stan Lee does it the best, or did it the best. Um, but uh, like I said, it was a pretty, um, uh, pretty efficient affair. Um, I got seven point three five, three four miles out of it and burned ten hundred calories. So cool. Can't go wrong there. Uh, spies like us uh, may not hold up today, but I. It was one of those situations where I'm just kind of like, ah, I, I know, but I don't care. I just find it weird that it was showing at the gym. But <laughs> Yeah, that is a weird one. Yeah, I mean, dude, th you look at the schedule for this month, it's kind of whack. They're showing Hannah and her sisters near the end of the month, and I'm like, why are you showing that Woody Allen movie about... <laughs> yeah, they got like some old DVDs from like the front desk at a dormitory. The part <laughs> like, where he runs up the stairs of the Philadelphia Art Museum is like totally inspirational in that movie. Yeah. There you go. That's true. <laughs> Uh, it has Max von Sydow has a great line in that movie about like if Jesus Christ could come back to Earth and see what was being done in His name, He'd never stop vomiting. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. Um, uh, anyway, though, uh, uh, on that front, um, uh, the only other thing that I watched was a um, a little movie called Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is his game. God, that movie's good. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, if you've heard me before, I'm a big fan of Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski. I think, like, out of a lot of the film explosions we've done, that's retro. usually what I think of when I think of Zach is big fan of Larry's Karaszewski and blah, 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 blah. Scott I, Alexander I think of it all the time, and yeah. Larry Karaszewski say their fucking names. Uh, but like they did, People versus Larry Flint, Ed Wood, and Man on the Moon. Yeah. Um, uh, this one, I was 
amazed how much of Ed Wood it resembled. It's but, very Ed Wood. But but it didn't like shove that directly in my face. No, it's telling a it's telling a different story. Yeah, yeah and sure. Ryan talked a little bit about it last week, but it is about Rudy Ray Moore, uh, the uh, comedian slash black exploitation uh, actor uh, producer who you know made the Dolomite movie um, and subsequent sequels in that vein of not Dolomite sequels, but just like different films that kind of run in that gamut of genre. And I spoke about it last year. Like if you watch Dolomite, it's kind of like an Edgar Wright movie where it's like, it's, it's a worthy entry into a black exploitation genre, but it's also kind of poking fun at it. Um, in the case of Dolomite, it's really like, it's going big and broad. Uh, I hadn't watched Dolomite in a long ass time Mm -hmm. and I didn't really give it any thought. So I didn't know I didn't really know much about Rudy Ray Moore until going into the movie. Like I just knew about Dolomite, and that's about it. Because um, it ultimately wasn't like the black exploitation films I was watching. Um, but uh, his story is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's um, great. And uh, the 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 performance that Eddie Murphy gives in this movie is pretty fucking amazing. Because I've never cried at an Eddie Murphy movie. And an Eddie Murphy movie made me fucking cry. Aww. That's really the. It, I think it's primarily the. Um, there's two moments specifically. One is like it's the day before they start filming, and he's sitting alone, and he's trying to rewrite those lines. He's trying to find a pen, and he starts yelling at the photograph of his father. And like it's a scene that in any other hand would be kind of played for like it's too over the top and whatnot. But when you have those writers. And you have Craig Brewer setting the scene visually, and you have Eddie Murphy in there. The tone they've already set, it's a moment that works. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how some of the most obvious moments in Ed Wood end up being the ones that make you cry or yeah. make it feel something. Yeah. Uh, but the other one is um, uh, Queen Bee when she tells him outside yeah. the steps, like, thank you for putting me in the movie I've never seen a woman like me, me up on that screen. I, and then but what's beautiful about so what good. Eddie Murphy does in that moment and she's great in that movie too, by the way. Yeah. She's fucking fantastic. I, I want to see her in more things. The beautiful thing is after she's given that emotional speech, Rudy Ray Moore keeps being Rudy Ray Moore because yeah. he just starts singing the song he for just, when they first started working together. roll off, yeah. It's so <sighs> good. This this movie. And you know what's funny? The ending of it is is almost like the the antithesis of Ed Wood, which is just like, what if everything right. went okay? Exactly. <laughs> like, what, yeah. if, what if alcoholism and spiraling into sadness wasn't the actual end of the movie? Right. Um, and also the scene where he's rapping with the kid outside the theater. Yeah. And then it's one of the most beautifully directed scenes in a movie I've seen this year is that very end when he's going to give a show for the whole crowd, mm-hmm. the way he's blocking Eddie Murphy is that he's making sure that Rudy Ray Moore gets to uh, be seen by every person in yeah. that crowd, right. not just the people in front, directly in front, but the people behind it. He layers yeah. and layers. It's beautiful blocking. It's beautiful direction. I, this movie's fucking fantastic. Um, and actually this, along with our movie of the week uh, made me have to really restructure my list for film explosion. Um, so spoiler alert, Avengers is no longer on that list. What? What? Yeah. We'll probably chat about it at some point. <laughs> no, I think you just got uninvited from the film explosion. That's fine. Whatever. I've I, got 10 really good movies in my list now. I don't think you do. Just wait. If you're, if, if the lighthouse is on there, dude, dude, dude. Okay. Anyway, are you done? I'm more offended. They just revealing his list ahead of the like. That's also it's no only fun. six weeks away. Oh, it's more fun. It's more fun to shit down your throat for not putting on the list on the day. Like you guys, it's are no me fun shit no matter what I do. 
<laughs> well, that's true. Um, and yeah, also, this you, podcast. Hey, hey, James, keep getting me guff, and I'll make Irishman number one. <laughs> God, I am excited uh, to watch. If it, that's though. how you want to punish yourself, then go right ahead. Actually, I found out that the Alamo showing it, so oh. I'm glad I don't. I like the Esquire, but I don't necessarily want to sit in their seats for three and a half. Now he'll pay extra money to punish himself. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to pay more money than a Netflix subscription to go see a Netflix movie. Uh, anyway, but so go watch it in a nice. Is it me? Movie. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Uh, only thing I want to talk about. Well, I was gonna make a joke that like I have 37 things <laughs> I've seen since half the last a year's time. worth of stuff. Yeah. Um, and there are a number of things like Dolomite is my name, or I did see Downton Abbey, which I never got to talk about. But I, I need to just start calling in every now and then and just doing a quick little like, hey, y'all should just see Downton Abbey because it's pretty good. That's but anyway, yeah. Uh, and I did rewatch. Um, uh, Gosford Park, which it's interesting to watch those two movies close together uh-huh. because they are so similar and so different. Uh, because obviously one of those movies has to introduce characters and the other one doesn't. So I'm not finished with Downton, but do I need to no, know no, no. the if season th- finale to or the series finale to get invested in the movie? Or uh, no, I mean you could watch it, but it would spoil things that you haven't seen oh, okay. in the show. Like, All right, then I'll wait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're watching through the show and you're enjoying the show, just finish the show. Like you've already missed it in theaters, so whatever. Yeah. So. Um, and I don't want you to see any more good movies this year because apparently you've seen so many that you don't have room for Endgame. Anyway, um, <laughs> the thing I want to talk about is HBO's Watchmen. Um, which I don't know, have any of you guys watched any of Watchmen? No, um, I've been um, hearing great things and I'm curious what you think. Holy shit. So I've seen all four of the first episodes. There's also a great podcast uh, that HBO is doing with it where every three episodes they're doing... Uh, the guy who was the showrunner for Chernobyl. Is it called Watching um, Men? No. <laughs> uh, is is basically interviewing Damon Lindelof every three episodes about the show. Oh, okay. Um, which is kind of cool because Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse did a podcast on Lost back when the show was on. Um, but that was like an every episode thing where they answered questions. This is like a really interesting like deep dive into the way that show is, is written and run. Uh-huh. But anyway, Watchmen um, is fantastic and uh one of the best pieces of television i've seen in a while um and important um so watchmen it is basically like a sequel to the book um so and and light spoilers for the book and for the show here though if you've read the book, you'll already know this stuff as soon as you start watching the show. Alien exploded. Well, and if you've watched the show, if you watch the show without reading the book, none of what I'm about to say will even make sense to you yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes place in a universe where it's not like the movie. There was a giant squid that blows up New York. Yep. Um, and Ozymandias saved humanity, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, but it starts off, <laughs> it starts off with, uh, the 1921 massacre in Tulsa. I've been hearing uh, about, I've been hearing about this. Yeah. This is an yeah. actual massacre that happened. Yeah. And it's a thing that nobody talks about, no. um, in, in African American communities, everyone knows about it, but then none of the rest of us know anything about it. Cause we're poorly um, educated, James. Uh, well, that's part of it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, yeah. Also, the education system is somewhat racist and leans towards white people. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> all of that aside, <laughs> fascinating story where white people put down Wakanda, basically, um, and which is literally a thing that Damon Lindelof says in the podcast where he was like, 
it, you know, we were starting the show before Black Panther came out, but I was thinking about Black Panther a lot because it had been announced. And, and at the time I was reading about all this stuff and I thought, man, if a country like Wakanda actually existed, a, a white people would just destroy it because yep. they did in Tulsa in 1921. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts off there and then the whole show takes place in Tulsa. And in this universe, um, there's an event in Oklahoma uh, some 30 years after the events of Watchmen, the book, where... Um, a bunch of neo-Nazis basically found out who all the police were and broke into their houses and killed a whole bunch of police officers in the middle of the night. Now, uh, I heard that the police officers are essentially, quote-unquote, the heroes, and they're allowed to... Uh, so I'm getting there. Yeah, okay, cool. So, so, in this, so what happens is in Oklahoma, they pass this law because now no one wants to be a police officer because uh-huh. they, they don't want to be known. So they pass a law that now... Uh, police officers all wear masks mm-hmm. to hide their identity so that that way criminals can't follow them home and kill them. Right. Because that's what everybody in Oklahoma is afraid of. Right. Um, so some of the police officers take on vigilante identities like like the old Watchmen characters. Uh, and then some of them, the majority of them, are just guys who kind of look like police officers and wear sort of a that, that iconic Watchmen yellow mask, right? Yeah. So you've got all of this stuff going on and you've got this race war that that's continuing to go on. And what's interesting about what they did was it's basically a show about race because that's sort of what Damon Lindelof was interested in at the time. He built a very diverse cast of writers for the writer's room cast of writers, but you know, he, he built a very diverse writer's room to try and protect himself from being a bald white guy. And, <laughs> um, yeah. and, sort of the way the angle that he takes is that um, there's an assumption at the end of Watchmen, the book, and this is what I think is so brilliant about the show. There's an assumption at the end of Watchmen, the book that Ozymandias might be right. And that by doing this thing, he gets rid of war and brings humanity back together. But the whole discussion at the end of Watchmen is, is, is the ethical debate. And it right. even ends with yes, Rorschach but, revealing it. But that too. ethical debate only matters if there's a world in which Ozymandias is right and that that plan works. Yeah. But what you actually get in the show is a world where, sure, we win the, you know, we've won the Vietnam War. Now, now everybody is afraid of aliens, so they're not necessarily fighting each other on a national scale, but in a way that is very. Um, prescient in today's world uh, instead people are fighting on a neighbor to neighbor uh scale okay and so you're you still have all of this infighting but it's not on on the, you know at a high level sure we're not necessarily having conversations about war and we're trying to drive humanity but forward theoretically but actually we've all gone backwards yep and and all of this stuff and it that's part of why it feels so prescient now is that Watchmen in 1986, written in 1985, is very important and from that time and is a commentary on the end of the Cold War and how people are feeling and what that means and maybe how we should go forward. And I think now you look at this show and this thing that, you know, he's been working on for years now in a pre, he was working on in a pre Donald Trump America. Um, and now you look at things and you're like, wow, this is, this hurts to watch. Um, I I, I imagine so. It's fantastic. It does have some of 
the legacy, like the original book characters pop up. I don't necessarily want to say who, because I think the way they reveal that stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think the way that he's handling those characters is unbelievably good like he looked at those characters the characters who do carry over looked at them and said like what would these people do now and and what does the end of the book say about where they're going Uh and how can we use that to to really redefine this story Mm. um uh, it's fantastic uh all of the new characters i think are great um don johnson in the first episode is wonderful um and then it's kind of like fargo the tv show where it feels like Watchmen, but they're telling a different story. Like it's, it has some of the same signposts along the way. It's still got a murder mystery that you have to solve while at the same time, there's all these big questions and maybe there's, there's people who have some kind of master plan going on, but we don't know what it is yet. And yeah. you've still got, I mean, uh, it's not spoilers to say that Dr. Manhattan is around somewhere, but you don't necessarily know where Like right. you just know there's th- this constant presence. Um, he, he structures every episode differently in a similar way that, to the the way that the book did. Um, so some episodes follow new characters or some episodes have, you know, like a joke structure running through them the whole time. Yeah. But the thing that makes this show so fucking good is that in a, about the middle of the episode, you just go spend like five minutes with Jeremy Irons, who... You know, if you've read the book or you know anything about Watchmen, you know who you he is. know who Jeremy Irons is, but you don't know where Jeremy Irons is. Jeremy Irons' character is living in this castle. He has these people who are like his butler and maid, and you have no clue what's going on. So they're not revealing who he is yet. They're just uh, in the third episode. They finally do. Okay, because um, I was gonna say they they announce that news. Oh yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if you know anything about Watchmen, you know who he is. And even when they announce who he is, if you don't know anything about Watchmen, you're like, so like who who the hell is Adrian Veidt? Why would I care about this? And right? then you hear a bunch of nerds snickering, going like, right. <laughs> we go. <laughs> but you knew, but everyone else knew the first episode because he's just he's so perfect in the role. Yeah, he's the the way he plays whatever is going on with that character is great. Um. There's a scene in the first episode where his butler tries to hand him a horseshoe, and in that moment, you just know everything is fucked. Like, it's so bizarre and brilliant. Um, and I for anybody it. who hates Damon Lindelof, I'll tell you that in the podcast, uh, he specifically talks about how one of the things that's very important to Watchmen and the show being of Watchmen is that everything is is enclosed and and all ties up and there is all these you know all these loose ends that come back together and so yes for every question that he introduces he's going to give you an answer you friggin annoying people who still think that he doesn't um but he's so good at asking the questions uh, and more importantly, he's so good at, at writing those characters. If, like, if, it's just amazing. If it wasn't for knowing you, as long as I've known you, I would not have had the reevaluation of Lindelof that I've had. Uh, um, he's amazing. I, yeah, but when I was younger, I wasn't really fully understanding the, how yeah. good he is. Lost is a fantastic television show. The Leftovers is so amazing. I haven't seen Leftovers. But, yeah, um, um, that's just a matter of just I haven't gotten to yeah. it yet. But the worst thing about Prometheus is that they didn't stick to their guns with Covenant, and that they undid so much of the good things he did in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, but it's okay because a John Denver song played. <sighs> 
Um, throw this mic at your head. No, I mean, well, I mean, I don't think Covenant's terrible. I, I, I mean, if I'm reevaluating Prometheus at this point, I'm obviously it's not as good as, uh, or it's it's better than Covenant, but um, in terms of like separating itself out and just being its own thing and all that shit. But. Prometheus is better than Aliens. That's fair. Anyway, because it's got more. It's because it, it's got more artistic merit. Doesn't matter. Um, Watchmen is I, so good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to bump this up. I mean, I was curious about this from the moment they announced it. Um, yeah. It's funny because I've been thinking a lot about Watchmen in the sense of like, man, my my view on that book is definitely not what it was when I was younger. Like yeah. it, my my oh, yeah. my. It's not so much the viewpoint, it's just like my reading of it is yeah. so different. And that's partially why I didn't really, I haven't really gone back to the movie because it's, the it's, movie's hitting on the same point, but right. in a more sanitized way. Well, and I think this this is better than the movie, yeah, without a doubt, because the movie is, like, Watchmen, the book is of its time. Yeah. Alan Moore is the George Lucas of comics. And a wizard. Um, <laughs> and I, I say that because Alan Moore today is unplugged like wouldn't i mean the truth is unfortunately alan moore should watch this show and he should really love it because it is doing the same kind of stuff he was trying to do but for a different audience at a different time in a different medium yeah and that's important and worth seeing whereas but, a movie adaptation of his book is not that important and this it's is just fun and this is not to sound denigrating to the you know coming that he believes in but he's you know he's got spells to cast man <laughs> But yes, also he's a little kooky and out there. There's um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I was just like, you know, he's busy. And um, for all we know, under that big long beard, he's got a turkey neck like George Lucas. I'm just saying, we can't prove he doesn't. They might be the same person. I like the idea that him and Rich, Alan Moore and Richard Stanley do weird shit in the woods. <laughs> and you know what? It makes me, it helps me go to sleep at night. Anyway, you should check out Watchmen on HBO. I don't think I've been this excited to watch serialized television since Young Sheldon. Since Fargo? Mm, okay. I mean, like, really, I, I'm at the point now where I, I'm mad that I can't binge watch the show. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want Sunday to come. Yeah. I, I haven't had that feeling in a long time. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, <coughs> I, well, I mean, we've still got, we've got the HBO subscription still, and I've got a, I want to start watching Game of Thrones oh, catch just up. to do that but yeah. i mean don't watch game of thrones watch Watchmen. well i can i mean the thing is i can do both james no no i really can't well you can because there's only four episodes so yeah i also kind of want to do it because like those those guys at that panel at the con were nice to me so i want to sure balance out the karma on that well cool. that's cool um, anyway that's what I, i've been watching i was curious did you watch once upon a time in hollywood it was it uh something you enjoyed i have not seen once upon a time in hollywood okay i will make sure i do before the end of the year yeah because i need to know whether or not you think it's somehow better or worse than the hateful Eight. i was going to go i mean it's better than the hateful Eight. well yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i don't need to see it to know like come on Shut um up. <laughs> so uh i was gonna go and then the only place it was showing i was gonna meet a friend and go see it and then the only place it was showing was at like the hamden elvis oh. and i was like i'll just wait for a blu-ray yeah it was either that yeah, or a out. cabin uh in the middle of the woods that was being snowed in i have a cabin in the middle of the woods with a blu-ray player when a blu-ray comes out i'll go watch it there yeah it'll be great yeah uh um, or you can watch cabin in the woods in that cabin in the woods yeah <laughs> anyway uh that's what i've been watching cool so this week uh, oh no uh we got a thing from corinne that's right she went to a movie 
Or she didn't go to see a movie, but she finally saw Bad Boys. She endured Bad Boys. Yeah. I know when she put that poll up, I was like, why would you watch the first one? The one to watch is Bad Boys 2. Yeah. I don't even know that you need to see the first one. Who gives a shit about the first one? Or, you know, you could just watch neither and watch Pain and Gain, which is Michael Bay's masterpiece. No, 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 no. (sighs) Bad Boys 2 has this great scene where they're driving down the street and there's a truck with trucks with cars on it. And there's a great action scene where they throw cars at Will Smith and he dodges them. It's amazing. Pain and Gain's about how... It's a better car chase than Matrix Reloaded. Anyway, let's hear what Corinne had to say about Bad Boys 1. Hey nerds, Corinne here for part 31 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. (laughs) This week, um, well, half of you voted for me to watch Bad Boys, and the other half of you voted for me to watch Superbad, and it ended in a tie, so I did a coin toss, and I got Bad Boys, uh... Which, yeah, now I'm really wishing it had been super bad, because Bad Boys is the worst. Oh, it's so stupid. It makes Rush Hour look like like a freaking uh, Oscar winner, man. It is just, it's trite, it's exhausting and long, and people yell about 80% of their dialogue. And these, like, Martin Lawrence especially is just, he would not fucking shut up. He wouldn't shut up. Uh, I mean, I kind of wished Will Smith had been in the movie more because he's, like, kind of a good actor. Like, I know we shit on him now because he takes, like, really crappy roles, but I I feel like he's a better actor than Martin Lawrence, and at least his character wasn't just so exhausting. I was just... I checked out of the movie pretty much immediately, I was, like, looking at my phone half the time, which didn't help. Um, yeah, they're, they're terrible, terrible cops. They are, I mean, like, so many rules broken, no Miranda rights read. I mean, Ryan will tell you, they're just terrible cops. They're terrible, I mean, just completely terrible human beings. And they're terrible characters. There's one, one good scene in the movie. And it's when, um, they're talking about how Will Smith's character is like, he comes for money and he's rich and he kind of has this like reputation of being just this like, like he's a cop as like a hobby, basically. Like it's not a job for him. It's basically just something to do. And he, just tells Martin Lawrence's character to just basically fuck off. Like, that's not how he feels about it. And I wish they'd gone into that more, but they just drop it. And I was like, fuck, you guys. That was actually, like, a good scene. Just, oh, my gosh. Everything about this movie is stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Damn it, I wish I'd have gotten super bad now. Blame it on the quarter, okay? Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm, like, really tipsy right now because they said I would do this review tipsy, and I did. I watched the movie sober, and I then I got tipsy, and then I started cleaning my house a bunch, and now I'm talking to all of you. So, yay, I guess? I don't know. 
Um, so yeah, that happened, and I'm gonna give, uh, what, <laughs> fuck it, what, what did I want? Bad Boys, I'm gonna give Bad Boys 2 out of 5 stars, cause fuck them. Fuck this, fuck this movie. It is so trite, and it's so bad, and like, they treat the female characters horribly, just horribly, like everybody, and just, yeah, <laughs> sorry, that didn't make a lot of sense, but, and they can't do, like, th those jokes about, like, gay people don't age well, and, yeah, I know they're making a third one, and I saw the previews for the third one, I don't know if a lot of people are going to see this, because I think this is a thing that was, like, it's just pure 90s. You can't watch this shit now. So, that's it. Okay, two out of five stars. It's bad. Don't watch Bad Boys. <laughs> Sorry, anybody who's still living in the 90s. Bad Boys sucks! Okay, so for my next movie, I'm going to watch The Graduate, because it's about to fall off of Netflix. So, yeah, I'm going to watch that next time. Talk to you all soon. Uh, have fun. Oh, everybody, follow me on Twitter. I am at Catching Classic. Not classics. It, the thing on Twitter wasn't long enough, so it's just at Catching Classic Singular. Okay. Um, and then go read all my shit on the website, realnerdspodcast.com. And I'll read all the other shit on there, too, because it's great. Okay. Um, love you all, and I'll talk to you sometime next time. Bye! She took it to task. Man. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't blame her, that movie. I mean, I'm I'm the moderate. I'm, I'm usually a moderate on Bad Boys. Like, I'm not, I don't rewatch it, but. It's very of its time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. And stories about Dom Simpson overshadow it, the whole movie itself for me, because I'm just like, man, Don Simpson was fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I own the Blu-ray because it comes with Bad Boys Two. Corinne, you should watch Bad Boys Two. Yeah, it's um, or paint a game. It's it's a ridiculous thing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a ridiculous cool. thing. The Michael Bay story. <laughs> this week, we saw Jojo Rabbit. We did. Brad, should people see Jojo Rabbit? Absolutely, you should. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's heartbreaking. It's one of the best films of the year. Yeah. Zach, should people see Jojo Rabbit? Uh, yes, you should. Um. Uh, a lot of what I want to say about this film has to come at the spoiler point, but yeah. um, this may sound hyperbolic to a, to a degree, but hell, that's my fucking nature. Um, I've been looking for a long time for somebody to do things that Lubitsch or even Mel Brooks were able to do uh, years and years and years ago and tell these these very important stories in the way that they were able to through their humor. Um, and it felt like I'd never really see the true embodiment of that ever come back. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I think it's kind of Lubitsch then Brooks and now it's YTT. Uh, and I've started seeing that as early on as, you know, what we do in the shadows and even hunt for the wilder people. And 
And Thor Ragnarok's got a little bit of that to some degree, but it's from a whole different angle. <laughs> right. um, but Jojo Rabbit, I think, is the full evidence that I have that that uh, he's embodying that 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 exact spirit. Um, this this film is is actually very remarkably well made and toes a lot of lines, and uh, I think it's an important watch. Um, and we'll get into why I feel that way in spoilers. Yeah. Um, James, should people watch Jojo Rabbit, a film by Taika Waititi, <laughs> distributed by Walt Disney, Fox Searchlight, Columbia Pictures? Yeah, absolutely. I think the movie is its so heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time, and yet like lures you in with this very Wes Anderson beginning where everything is like whimsical and silly and weird. Um and then when it gets to the meat, it's just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like <laughs> it's it's strange and tempting to say like that it's it's an easy recommendation because you're like, well, okay, it's an easy recommendation to people who would watch movies about Nazis, um, but it kind of is. It's like it's almost a family movie, like you know, and yet at the same time, very much not. Um, so yeah, I, I think everybody should see it like absolutely mm. so funny, so well-written, such a good story. Um, people need to check it out. So here is the trailer for Jojo Rabbit. His master Jojo, you're a top man. Prepare to leave the house. Today you boys will be involved in such activities as war games. <laughs> Ambush techniques, them blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. comes to. When I was your age, I had an imaginary friend. Got me in so much trouble. Kids, it's time to burn some books. Yeah! You're growing up too fast. Ten-year-olds shouldn't be celebrating war and talking politics. Hello, Hitler. I wish more of our young boys had your blind fanaticism. <laughs> Did you know Jews can read each other's minds? But how would you know if you saw one? They could look just like us. Hi. <coughs> you know what I am? Say A Jew. Gesundheit. Sheesh, that was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it! I've negotiated! Burn down the house and blame Winston Churchill. Or negotiate. If I tell on you, you'll be in big trouble. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. You two seem to be getting on well. She doesn't seem like a bad person. I'm the enemy. You're not a Nazi, Jojo. You're a ten-year-old kid who likes dressing up in a funny uniform and wants to be part of a club. Nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. Um, so before we get into too much spoilers, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, the movie starts, and you meet Jojo, uh, who's uh, in the Nazi youth and is really excited to go get like start his first weekend in the Nazi youth. Um, and it does it like it has this whimsical like you know it, it's not super Wes and- Anderson-y. But there's some of that, like especially little little quirky things, like when the kid throws the tree, the knife at the tree, and it bounces back and hits the kid in the knee. Like there's just funny little things like that that are outlandish and and whimsical that just feel like that, and it lures you in. I know you for the first twenty minutes. I know you hate the word absurdist. Um, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, that I hate oh that. no, what am I thinking of? Oh, surreal. I don't know. I hate the word surreal. No, um, no, no. I just I just hate black swan. That's a different thing. <laughs> um, uh, but okay, so I'm gonna go with absurdist then. Um, yeah. When I talked, it starts very absurd. When, when I talked about the Brooksian or even the Lubitschian kind of effect this film has, like, I think that first five minutes really is your make or break point for some audience members because he's going in a direction. Yeah. We live in a world that is unfortunately having to be reminded that Nazis are bad. That's what's <laughs> fucking ridiculous that Taika Waititi even had to make the movie is because yeah. we shouldn't have to fucking remind people. But here yeah. we are. Uh, right. That being well, Someone wrote well, a book that yeah, that's inspired true. by. So. But also, also, I think the movie is about... The movie transcends that to some degree and really becomes about... And this isn't really spoilers, but... Becomes about that that sort of coming of age moment when you've been comfortable with a certain way of thinking, mm-hmm. and that that um, perspective in life has to die, um, and that's a very universal story. And I've heard some people who weren't so hot on the movie kind of discussing broader how much they like Hitler. <laughs> Um, there are bro- no. Um, it's well. It's more of just like should you be trivializing this subject matter or treating it with humor at this? It's not trivializing at all. See, let me finish. There's uh, there's something that nobody. There's something that I've not read in any single review. And if I if there's one out there, please tell me about it. Um, it's interesting how this movie is approached from the viewpoint of a ten year old kid. And the thing that's the scariest right now, uh, to my mind, in regards to a current threat that they were dealing with, is indoctrination on the internet, YouTube, and fucking weirdo conspiracy bloggers. Um, so within that mindset, the movie and its setting and its characters is all very appropriate to a current setting and talking about a very relevant angle on this while also de- dealing with the broader subject. Um, and, and I think the the absurdist part of it is is very important to what the movie is yep. doing not just because it it lures you in because it has to remind you that this ideology is stupid right exactly like the what is so wonderful about it is that the absurdism doesn't change it just points its finger in a different direction so at the beginning where everything feels whimsical like a Wes Anderson movie at the end you realize that those ways of thinking are what is absurd and everything that's not that doesn't have to do with that becomes real and tangible and I, honestly i think he does it better than a mel brooks or any of those guys like like the way he takes that and he's not just poking fun because it's silly he's using that to to tell a better story have you watched um Lubitsch's to be or not to be yeah yeah, yeah. okay so 
Uh, and I, I, I mean, they're great. But it, I, I'm not. Now, you know. What I'm going to say is, you're right. Although I don't like the way you said that he does it better because there's those guys are masters. Anyway, things, things are allowed. Things are allowed to get better a hundred years exactly, later. and that's my point. This yeah. is the natural evolution point of how you handle this um, right. subject and do it appropriately. Um, and what I appreciate about it is that, unlike, I mean, I don't like a lot. I don't like life is beautiful because I think it does exactly what this movie doesn't do, which is kind of trivialize things and kind of doesn't really fully grasp the horrors of the situation. When this movie has to be serious, it gets serious yeah. and it treats it with the austerity it needs to. My favorite performance in the movie, and it's going to sound weird, is actually Taika Waititi because it's not... I was really hoping you were going to say Rebel Wilson. No, well, she's... Her scene, her that scene uh, behind the wall... I've never loved her in a movie as much as I do this it's, one. It's, it's like, the funniest. I've, it's the most I've laughed at her in a movie since Pain and Gain. But, she's um, so good. But uh, <laughs> when she says at the beginning, it's a great time to be a woman. Look at body. 18 children for the Reich. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. Um, but, uh, oh, <laughs> but 18 children for the Reich. I forgot about that. But yeah. Waititi oh. is, um, again, doing... A Lubitian, Rookstein kind of thing, where he's assuming that role of like playing the exaggerated version Hitler. of Hitler. And what's interesting is that because the movie has been sold, and it starts out even for the most part with this performance, is kind of like this goofy, wackadoodle version of Hitler. Yeah. The last two scenes with Waititi are decidedly not that, and he starts becoming the asshole. That you start, it's almost like Jojo has to realize over time in his mind that this is not good for him in both what he's seeing outside of that illusion and inside that illusion. So here's where I will disagree with you because I think my one disappointment in the film, and now we're really getting into spoilers, my one disappointment in this film is fuck you, Hitler. Uh, I, I, it's fun. It, yay, fuck you, Hitler. Like, you know, we all have a good time with fuck you, Hitler. But man, what a missed opportunity to have that character actually talk to Hitler and actually tell Hitler what he thinks and actually have that moment where he explains like, man, I thought you were this and this is how you used me and this is what you really are. And, Were you wanting to talk and, to the real Hitler or still the imaginary version? No, no, no. Ima imaginary Hitler. Okay. Like, I want him to talk Hitler into non-existence. Mm. And, and because I want that, I want that release more than I want fuck you, Hitler. And he, cause, cause what you just said is like, he, he becomes this realistic thing, but then he unrealistically gets kicked out the window. And, and for me, him really addressing the realism of Hitler mm -hmm. in his life and that, those those bad backwards ways of thinking and the 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 legacy and tradition he'd been given and him finally rejecting that and realizing that 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 wasn't actually the way things are i i to me there was just a great opportunity there that's missed and it's like it it's what makes this 98% instead of 100 like i'm just saying it was this one moment where i was like ah oh, you went for the fun thing when you could have had me in tears because that's like this beautiful moment where that character really gets to change, mm -hmm. but how he changes is, but, but in the moment where he changes, he uses violence to do it instead of his intelligence. And that to me is underwhelming. Um, 
where like it would have been so great to talk to the audience then. I'm I'm I mean I I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'm I'm I'd have to rewatch to kind of see how that scene plays in a different yeah. setting. But I'll tell you, like it, the thing I was mainly going for in terms of praising Waititi's performance is like there's a point in the movie, and it's the second to last time you see him on screen when he starts going into dark mode and you start overlaying yeah. that audio. And I, Brad mentioned the audio, and I was like, well, I'm not even looking at that because I'm going to point to another uh, example of historically how this subject has been approached. Um, Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator. Sure. What do you do in that performance? You start recreating on for those like like those god awful fucking like over exaggerated hand movements and shit. Right. Um, which you know like it 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 be it made it like it, the scary one of the scariest scene scenes in that movie aside from Stephen Merchant's scene and um, uh, the Scarlett Johansson reveal with the shoes um, <sighs> is as hands down watching that whole scene with uh Waititi unfold before he kicks the t the chair and says get your shit together mm -hmm. um which that that was one of the fewer moments in the movie where I wasn't laughing cuz I was like I I just that that just became the moment it needed to become uh and uh the merchant scene is actually it's a it's a masterclass in tension while still playing that comedy line so um, but my favorite joke in the movie is one that reminds me of why I like Mel Brooks movies and why I like Taika Waititi a lot and why I think he's carrying on that spirit. Uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, I, I don't remember it verbatim, but uh, just bear with me, is just like, you know, when I asked for a hundred, when I asked for a group of German shepherds, I did not mean actual German shepherds, and then they cut to a, a group of men who are German shepherds. And he goes like, no, I, I agree. We should have gotten the German shepherds. Never mind. Don't worry. It's a dumb name for a dog. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's a joke that is strictly Brooksian and shouldn't work anymore, but it fucking yeah. works. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the movie hits those marks beautifully. And, like, much like To Be or Not To Be, I feel like it. Uh, it's coming out at a time when there's going to be like a, divi like a, a divided opinion on it, like in terms of just like uh, if you, I mean, like, and I'm going to use those analytics that suck, but like Metacritic or um, Rotten Tomatoes, like it's kind of like a down the line thing for some people. And what's interesting is that the movies like that, that have that kind of discourse that are talking about this and have that kind of divided opinion end up lasting. And so it makes me feel very optimistic for Jojo Rabbit um, carrying on in the future. As a as a movie that you can go back to as a good example of satire, and of um, talking about this subject matter and doing it in a way that is appropriately humorous. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that the the movie is is I think pretty palatable for anybody. Like I I think that sure what it's saying in the real world today is us applying it to a real situation where the movie works universally. And so I think a lot of people would see this movie and no matter where they stand on certain things, mm -hmm. um, would still enjoy it and maybe get some meaning out of it. And maybe it would actually make an impact rather than just being divisive. I just feel like I've read um, a lot of people who were coming out of it going like, well, it doesn't quite do enough or it totally misses the mark or it's completely inappropriate. I'm like, that's, I think those people are that's, missing. That's, that's fair. Yeah, if I mean, you want to look at it that way, that's fine. I, I get that. It's not, this movie's not going to be for everybody. The, the movie, the movie's whole existence. Oh, we just said it was because all three of us said everyone should. Go I know, see but it. we're so it's clearly for everyone. Unfortunately, we're not everyone, <laughs> and also Ryan isn't. Why aren't we? <laughs> um, but yo, know, I, I mean, 
this is this is a movie that like I was, I was just amazed that it worked and it towed the line the way it does. Um, but I also just realized um, I've been talking way too much. You've been talking way too much. Brad, what did you think of Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> well, first, let's see what Corinne has to say. Hi, nerds. It's Corinne. Sorry I couldn't make it to your recording of the Jojo Rabbit episode. I had to work. I'm sorry. Also, I wasn't planning on joining you guys anyway, but because uh, I wasn't planning on seeing the movie, but I had some free time Saturday night. It was playing at my local Regal Theater, finally. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll go check it out. I've been wanting to see it for a while, but they didn't have it, and I didn't want to have to go pay extra. <laughs> now that I have this Regal Unlimited, I'm going to be at the movie theater, like, all the time. So, anyway, these are my no-spoiler, spoiler-free thoughts. Um, I definitely recommend people see the movie. I think it's amazing. It's funny, but it's also really dark. Sometimes, but I mean, that's like appropriate given the subject matter. Um, I think the performances are great. The kid who plays Jojo does a fantastic job. Like, I think we don't appreciate the fact, like, he's a child actor. He's, what, about 10 probably? And he has to carry the bulk of this movie on his own. And he just does it so effortlessly for, especially for a child, but just for any actor, period. And, yeah, Taika Waititi, Hitler is <laughs> is a very interesting discussion, but it's also very funny. Um, yeah, I just, I love the movie. I want to go see it again. I've only seen it once, but I really want to go see it at least once more. Um, but it might show up on a list later this year. Who knows? Oh, my gosh. I love, love this movie. I love these characters. The journey that they went on that we all went on together with them. Um, my theater was packed. And I mean, this is like what, three weeks after the movies come out. And I know it was like the first showing in uh, this Regal theater I went to, but it was just, I mean, it was almost, almost every seat was taken. I could not believe it. And seeing it with a big crowd like that, it was like, sometimes like, like it was fun to see it with like such a, energetic crowd but also like there were a couple of moments of dark humor where people laughed and I didn't and I was like what the hell like you people are kind of fucked up but I mean the movie is also kind of fucked up and like the subject matter is kind of fucked up like that so like the scene where um Rebel Wilson's character at the end like she has the kid with the grenade on his back and she's like go give that American soldier a hug and and some people laughed at that. I was like, wow, this is like fucking morbid humor, isn't it? But, oh my gosh. I feel like I could write an entire essay about this movie and how well it tackles so many important messages. I mean, it was, it was such a good movie. And it was like Grave of the Fireflies meets, I don't know, like something else. But some other kind of wartime comedy, like MASH or something, I guess. Yeah, it's like Grave of the Fireflies meets MASH or something. But it's, um, it was able to tackle things in a way that was both serious and lighthearted. And I think the fact that JoJo, because JoJo is a kid and they're able to do, like, the imaginary friend, you know, it, 
like Adolf Hitler as the imaginary friend and um I don't know. I just feel like I have so much to say about this movie and it's hard to condense it into a voicemail, but the 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 thing I loved most about it was something that um I heard once several years ago that stuck with me is the quote that the line between good and evil passes through every human heart. And this movie puts that on display perfectly. And it's like you can't paint anyone in this movie with broad brushstrokes. I mean, maybe some of the, like, side characters, like the Gestapo guys. So the captain, whose name I can't remember, the one who's played by um, Sam Rockwell, that scene at the end where, you know, he he comforts Jojo and he tells him, like, you know, I'm sorry about what happened to your mother. And he ends up saving Jojo's life. That scene is so fucking good and so well done. And it's like you cannot paint, like I said, you can't paint anybody in this movie with broad brushstrokes because at the beginning you think he's this like weird, like cartoonishly evil, like Nazi captain, Nazi officer. And at the end he's like basically a hero because I mean, it is, that was scene is so well done because it's like you have the American VIs are about to fucking shoot a 10 year old. And the Nazi officer is the one who saves his life. That scene was so good. Gosh, I I love this movie. I really want to go see it again. Um, I guess if I had any kind of, like, anything about the movie that I didn't like, I felt like the mom, um, Scarlett Johansson's character, I felt like her death was very telegraphed. I might be the only one who felt like that was the case. Um, Because, yeah, like, they spent a lot of time with her being, like, a little too happy, even though it was one time, and I don't know. It just, I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to die. And, but, oh, my gosh, that scene. This, it's like, this show, this movie, can, somehow it goes from little kid, you know, having fun and, quote unquote summer camp, I mean it's not really summer camp. Summer camp for Hitler youth <laughs> to little boy is now an orphan because he found out his mom died in the span of like an hour and a half and it somehow does it so seamlessly and it's sorry, I keep saying it. This movie's so fucking good. I need to go see it again. But hopefully you guys can be more articulated about it than me. Um thanks for letting me virtually join you and hope you have a great week bye thanks corinne (laughs) (laughs) no yeah go ahead uh i think i you probably uh, covered it um i'm just impressed with like uh ytd's ability to do satire um and i i thought it was like i never saw the scarlett johansson reveal coming so i was like like, yeah I was so devastated. Like I, I thought she was like such a background character in the movie at that point that I wasn't even watching for it. I knew, I knew something bad was probably coming because we knew she was in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, what I misread, so she's constantly up, right? It's part of why you see her shoes so much, but she's constantly uh, elevated, uh, mm-hmm. very much like um, uh, the main character in Brick. 
uh, where that character is always above stuff, um, which I was taking just to be him communicating the fact that she's she's separated from all the Nazi stuff, right? That she is a little bit higher up and she's a little bit smarter or or somewhat angelic mm-hmm. um, and wasn't getting where he was going. And so then when you get that reveal uh, and because of when it comes, right? It's not like he doesn't warn you at all. Like it just, they just, well, you think they he, just swing into frame. Yeah. After, after <laughs> Pun intended, Gestapo leaves, you think they've got away with everything. And then, <laughs> then at the very end of the movie, I don't know if maybe I talked about this with you. I thought I, I read it as um, Sam Rockwell's character turned her in because he wanted to save. He knew the Gestapo was going to take them all away. Mm. And so he turned in his mom. Huh? So that they could get away. I, yeah, I I guess I didn't I didn't see that. I think I took it more as, um, I feel like his character is somewhat trapped and like wants to help but can't, and and also sees how silly everything is. I think it's why his character is the one who dresses up in silly hats and stuff like that because he's like, well, I can get away with any crazy shit. Like like he's so unplugged from it. I didn't get that, but I mean, I think that would. That would make some sense. Well, yeah, because he's um, like, your mom was a good person, like a real good person. Yeah. Um, yes. But he was like, he, yeah, he did think the whole <laughs> not like Nazi thing that he was working for was a joke. Right. Um, and obviously he was a homosexual, like repressed. <laughs> so <laughs> that alone was. He does that through the whole thing uh, with that guy from Game of Thrones. Is so good. So, yeah. But he was a coward the whole time because he couldn't like reveal that about himself. Yeah. Because he like he bought into the Nazi ide- ideology so much and was afraid to speak up. Mm-hmm. And so again, he was a coward by turning in his mom. But the best thing he could do was at least save the kids. Yeah. By doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. I mean, I think that that scene at the end when he spits on Jojo and tells the, the American soldier that he's a Jew, it's just so great. I, I mean, it's it's just packed with so much. Um, and that character becomes like one of your favorite people in the movie. And he already was cause he was so much fun, but to see a little redemption in that guy, I think was great. And he represents an unfortunate middle ground in that whole conversation of people who, who maybe know that this isn't good and maybe don't speak up even when they know that it's true. And, and as a result, they kind of get flushed out with the rest of it. Um, and it's just a, it's a, it's a shame, but like, man, that character is so much fun. Um, and yeah, that moment is really powerful. Yeah. I just um, add to the devastating, like, oh, uh, we haven't like, talked about the girl at all. Oh, Thomas yeah. McKenzie, and she's, yeah. yeah it, not only is she great, but th- those first scenes when she's introduced, like, are uncomfortable because Waititi makes her not a fun person. Like the first couple of times you meet her, she's scary and violent. And well, that's because of how Jojo sees them. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. is. You, it's a tricky thing to do. And I think he does a great job of it, but like, you know, you could take that as him portraying that person that way. But in reality, hopefully any reasonable person, um, would realize that a she's reacting that way because she knows she has to, and because of the way she's been trained to react, and also because yes, it's through sort of his interpretation of reality, um, you know. And I, but I think the, her performance is just great, and the way he tells that story, 
like with the letters that that Jojo writes to her, like ah, oh, it's just so intelligently done. I'll, um, I'll tell you something interesting, and maybe I'm the only one who feels this way, but because um, this is part of how I was able to watch it and kind of like fully understand how brilliant it's approaching the material. Um, I started off the movie hating Jojo. Like, I generally hated him. And primarily that's because I'm watching a little German boy running around with his Nazi ideology. Yeah. I have to learn to like JoJo over the course of the movie. It yeah. never, it, I never once feel scared or, like, off-put by Thomas and Mackenzie, but I have to learn to like JoJo, and I think that what the movie does is make me like JoJo by the end of the movie. Um, I think that's, a, that's fair. Because, I, that's, I, because not... I think that's kind of how you have to approach this, is that you have to... Even though he's a kid and you've got Scarlett Johansson like trying to bring him out of that ideology and whatnot, you have to start off by going like, "No, this is a bad kid," and then learn. But to... I don't, I don't know that I. That, that's where I'll disagree with you. I don't think he's a bad kid at the beginning. I, I think that he is in a world where he think this is thinks this is the right way to go, mm-hmm. and where everything around him is giving him this perspective no, on that, reality. Okay. That, I'm, and I'm, so at like the beginning when he's really excited to go to Nazi youth camp, yeah. like he just seems like a good kid. Like he's excited to go to camp, you know? And then especially when you have that moment with the rabbit where then he's asked to make a move. Right. And can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you understand where he's coming from, right? Like it's, it's very much like, you know, basically, in, this is a movie about a kid who really likes Batman and has Batman posters on his wall. But in this movie, Batman is Hitler. But, like, and so, the kid really wants to be Batman. So you that's know? what I was saying, though. I start off like within the first five to ten minutes. I'm not liking him. Sure. He makes a decision with the rabbit. I start liking him a little bit more. Oh, agree. He starts, yes. agree, he starts getting yeah. the relationship with Thomas and McKenzie. I start liking him a little bit more. Right. He makes the decisions as he goes along yeah. and along. Again, like it has to start off with that first scene. Uh, in the mirror and especially with him talking to Hitler going like oh boy we're in for a ride and then you are taken on the ride and that's what Waititi does so brilliantly is he takes you on that ride and he takes you through it you know we talk about emotional roller coaster it's an emotional roller coaster this movie is and it and it's appropriately described as such yeah Um, I really like this movie guys I really do (laughs) what was his little friend's name Uh, oh yeah the fat kid (laughs) um (laughs) I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Mini yeah. Nick Frost? <laughs> Man, I can't uh, remember. You took my thing already. All right. He's so good. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh. um, I just I just kept watching him and JoJo and being like, this is like little is it, hot, like fuzz. hot fuzz. Y- but, Yorkie, yeah. Yorkie. 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 Yeah. Played by Archie Yates. He's so Yates. good. Yeah. Like, he's... Oh, man... And especially as the movie, every scene he's in, he steals. Yeah. You know? Um, especially his line near the end where he's like, uh, hey, go hug my mom. They're, right there. Yeah. There, there are bigger th- or, you know, uh, more concerning things in the world right now than Jews. Yeah. Um, at least hey, about the Russians. <laughs> here's the good news. Yeah. Here's the good news. At least now you and your girlfriend can be free. Like, oh, man. And the use He's of, so much fun. The use of a modern soundtrack in this movie was. Uh, but all in, yes. Like, yeah. So all in German. But the, like the, uh, the I want to hold your hand bit in at the beginning that was it was that moment where I was like, "Oh my god, he's pulling this off!" Yeah, because that takes some balls to do that. Like that scene there's in also, particular. There's also know? like certain jokes where he's using modern jokes, but in the movie, like he references like some sports guy. I don't know nothing about sports, but he references like a guy, a sports guy who's alive like today. Mm. I don't know that sports guy, but you know, um, like it's just very weird. 
Um, almost Brooksian because he does the oh, same thing. No, totally, <laughs> totally, yes. Um, um, keep ringing that bell. Everybody else sees it too. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's wonderful. I think everybody should see it. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is great. That scene where she smears the charcoal on her face and Dude, pretends to be his dad. If, oh, if there's ever an argument for why she should win an Oscar at some point, it's that scene. That I mean, or the great. or Endgame, which is a, she's really great in Endgame. Yeah, she's better in this one. That's a really sure, good sure. Scene. But you know, I'm just saying, Endgame is a really great movie. Somebody could argue it's one of the ten greatest films of the year. Would you rather I sweep all your legs that day? Somebody, so, uh, fair. <laughs> all right, yeah, keep it off the list. In fact, I'm going to give you a list of ten movies. If you could keep those <laughs> off your list. Apollo 11's number 10. If you want to put the Irishman on every number, that'd be fine. I'd be okay with it. Now, please, James, like my movies. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit's wonderful. Go see it, please. Yep. yep. Agreed. Uh, next week, maybe Ford v. Ferrari. Y'all should, Justice. See, y'all should go see Charlie's Angels. Frank v. Fedora. Y'all should go see Charlie's Angels. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks directed it. It sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah, I do too. I like the McG version. I do. Okay, now I'm really glad I left Avengers off the list. Uh, Wow. Uh, (laughs) No, the first McG movie is good. We are Marshals. Wow, fuck you. McG. Terminator Salvations, McG. That's not his fault. Can't ride a plane, McG. Cool. So Ford and Ford versus Ferrari then. Yeah, we'll see what Ryan wants to do. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know we could get I'll you st- to watch Dolomite go- is my name. We can all talk about it spoilery. You can all go see Lighthouse. I mean, I'll go see it. Again. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, two of us have seen it. I don't think Ryan will go see it. <laughs> no. Well, he liked The Witch. He might check this out. Man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Well, sounds good. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, yeah welcome back. It was my pleasure Missed to host you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> uh, well, bye. Until next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.